Hey there, guys. Welcome to episode 26 of Moving Picture Madness. My name is Ant, and I'm joined, as always, by the king of podcasting, Matt Hudson. How you doing, mate? Hey, Matt. No, it's good. I, I feel like we've heard that introduction before today, but um, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm Lost. living... I'm in flavour country. I've got a cup of tea and I've got a cup of coffee here today. Uh, so we're not drinking alcohol for once on the show, but it is earlier on in the day. If you will forgive us, yeah. If I, I can turn right behind me and see the glorious blue skies of Essex, and it's bloody cold as well. But no, I'm right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I like these afternoon shows because, um, like I say, there's a different energy sometimes. It's, it's always chill, a yeah. quality yeah. one. But I drank probably you? too much rum on the last one, so maybe this one's good to just chill rum. out. No, yeah. well, how are you doing anyway, mate? Up north. It's good. It's good. Uh, I had a nice lie-in this morning because I couldn't sleep last night. Um, woke up. Uh, now we're doing this. So, yeah. Can't really what are we talking about, mate? Today, though, mate. Well, you've had a nice lie-in. You couldn't sleep, so let's have something a bit chilled out for the, today's episode. <laughs> we simply called it Moving Cage Madness. Yes. We're talking about the last three major films that Nicolas Cage has been in. We've had like, the, the, the Nick cage sense where he's gone from... He's always been a bit mental, but now he's just starring in films that are a bit mental. And he's done other films other than the three we've mentioned, but these are the three that really stood out. And we're going to be talking about Mandy, yes. Colour Out of Space, and Willie's Wonderland. So we're actually going to review a new film as well, aren't we, mate? Well, it's not like us, is it? We don't really, we're not really that topical on this show, oh. um, for better or worse. But yeah, Cage is kind of used in one or two ways now, isn't he? He's like, he's in shit like VOD films that nobody watches, nobody cares about. Or he's in these where directors kind of go, right, we need Cage for this film. This is a Cage role. <laughs> is it, can you imagine Can you imagine in the, the description room or when they're writing, it's like, this is a Cage film. This is, And can you imagine how many people write these roles for Nicolas Cage? In the hope oh, yeah. That he takes I'm them. assuming he's in the concept art for most of them. He must be. He must be. Because so, some of these films, especially one of them, which we're going to talk about, is literally, it might as well, it's adapted, but it might as well have been written. For big boy Nicolas Cage, mate. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, are you a f- before we get in it? Do you do you like Nicolas Cage as an actor? Do you think he's a right? Nick Cage is a great actor. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage is an actual great actor. Like, I think that's been forgotten in the in the memeology of him, <laughs> and like the uh, the bunch of films in the last like well, not the last decade, but like maybe the decade before that, where he just does not give a shit about what he's doing. And then he did Wicker Man, and then that that just drove him even further into just one giant massive meme of a man but i think it is forgotten that he is a good director the the dudes like work with some of the uh, director actor um the dude has worked with some of the best directors around like he's david lynch he's done stuff with like even these three modern ones obviously he's done like panos cosmatos is like one of the biggest indie directors around isn't he as well Mm -hmm. one of the strangest bloody ones as well yeah yeah exactly yeah um bastard the dude does not look like what you think he'd look like. <laughs> he doesn't look like an action star, does he? Or the sort of person... No, who no, I'm about, I'm about Panos. Oh, he, Panos. Oh, no, that boy. No, God, that guy looks nothing like I thought he would. No. Uh, at all. I think he was on Red Letter Media. They said he just looks like a Star Wars fan. Which is quite funny. But he doesn't look like the dude I imagine. Like, when I... I, I said this like about... Um, Jon Snow. <laughs> I said this about Eggers, but I just always picture... Like indie weird filmmakers looking the same. They all look like young Tim Burton in my head. That's all they ever look like. But I had him as being bald, but only bald. because he was like because he's got some Mediterranean uh, in him. I thought oh, he's probably going to have no hair and he's going to yeah. be like a he, he might look like he sells kebabs or something. But no, <laughs> he's a big John Snow esque type. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, me and you have spoken about this before. I know uh, you've rewatched it for this now, but yes. what are your thoughts on Mandy, mate? Well, the first time I watched Mandy, which was in 2018, it was three years ago out, now, yeah. when it came out, and I'd heard a lot of hype about it. It was like, everyone was saying, like, this is an incredible film, and Nick Cage is mental, and it looks great, and it's wild, and... It did look great for the most part. It is wild, but I didn't. I just did not like it when it came out, mate. I didn't like didn't it. Didn't click for you, no. Not at all. Um, it, not, uh, there were things I did like about it. It wasn't like I hated it, but it just didn't work. So I watched it again for this film, this episode, mate. And before I say what I thought about it now, this is a first time watch for you, wasn't it? I know it was second time watch for you, wasn't it? When we watched it for this episode. So, what are your thoughts on it the first time you saw it? I loved it the first time. Uh... I saw it just about when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll save obviously more in-depth thoughts, but I-, I thought it was great, genuinely great. Um, might it, what, what else came out in 2018? I'm trying to think. It might have been my favourite film of that year. Um, Last Jedi. Oh yeah, that's close. Still the first one I could think of, like the biggest one that came out that year. Mm. Um, oh, I don't know actually. High Life with Robert Pattinson. Regardless, it's either the, the first or be- oh yeah, upgrade was really good as well. No, I think this might be better. Yeah. I, I really, really liked this. Yeah, and uh, it was one of those where you, you, I always know with with me, and I, I say this to you all the time, but there are times when like I finish a film and I kind of just straight away go, oh, I, I want to watch it again now. Yeah, like just to just to as in instantly after I finish it, just to kind of see what else I get from it, and I, that that is what Mandy was. And watching it a second time. And there's an interesting thing with all three of these films. One of them is one that I saw first time, but how it did change for me each time I watched um, Mandy Color Out of Space. And then obviously not, it didn't change for Willy's Wonderland, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I think this stepped up again above above what I already thought, which was already that I thought it was a great film. Well, I, I loved it. Well, I liked, on the, on the second watch, I, I disliked the first half more, but I liked the second half more, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The, the first half was always part of the problem I had with the film to start with. It was just too much of like, it was too much of silent style. What did you say again? Sorry, you disliked the first half more, but you liked the second half more. Yes. So right, the first half. Right. Uh, so having watched it and know, knowing what to expect, the first half just dragged too much again for me. Mm. Uh, and I get what they're going for. You know, the, Cosmatos is going for his silent, which is what he did in his other film. This kind of silent, atmospheric build-up with beautiful visuals and spaced-out, trippy. Um, Amazing score as well. The, the, the Johan, oh, rest in peace, Johan Johansson. What a fucking brilliant score. It's one of the last ones he did this as well, wasn't it? It was simp-smashing bitch of a score. And he was a great, great, great composer. Um, gone too gone too soon. And this is a great score. And that's one of the things I did like was the score. A lot of the visuals I thought were boss as well, which is what the film sells on. But it just got, the first half just I was like, oh, this is boring the, the, me. the film is very much a, a, a tale of two halves, though, in the sense that the first exactly. half of it is this... Very non-traditional one ethereal sort of slow moving strange dreamlike thing uh and then the style visually doesn't really change in the second half but just tonally it is a revenge film the second half of the film as soon as mandy gets killed spoilers but yeah it's a revenge film by the way yeah uh as soon as that happens oh it is and that's where Cage is like so good, isn't he? In that scene where he's, he's literally watching Mandy just get burned alive, and then obviously the scene in the bathroom after is infamous. People post that like without context everywhere, but 
he's just going, he's just gone, hasn't he? His head has gone, and it's completely believable because of what he's just seen. <laughs> and that's why it works as well, because you get... My, my initial thoughts on this, which haven't really changed, for me anyway, and I know you'll disagree, but if it wasn't for Nick Cage in this film... It's, nobody would talk about it at all. I don't think mm, Nick Cage maybe. is to draw for me. Um, mm. He's good. I do, I do like the way they do the. It's really subtle storytelling in the first half where you know it's a scene when they're on the helicopter as well, and uh, the guy after they've just chopped the trees down and stuff, the guy offers Cage a beer and he turns it down. And he like looks a bit disgusted, mm-hmm. and you obviously get the thing there where he might have had some trouble with alcohol in his past doesn't touch it all the way through the film but as soon as mandy dies he goes straight to that straight cupboard to gets, the booze, yeah. gets the vodka out and he's literally down in an entire bottle and then you get like sort of the little hints with mandy that she's had a really fucked up past like her eyes a bit like one of her eyes is a bit fucked up she's got scars all over one side of her face like um yeah it's 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 strange at the start and then you, obviously you get the scene where jeremiah he, he drives past her and I think that might be like kind of what he wants is that he literally says in the film, doesn't he? That like God wants him to have everything. Like yep. he's, he's this, he sees he's this, himself as a vessel of God almost. Yeah. Yeah. And he drives past Mandy and obviously he's attracted to her instantly. And he thinks, right, that's it. Like I deserve this woman. Like, and she, I think it is the fact that Mandy, the, the actress that plays Mandy, cause Mandy hardly says anything, but Andrew there's a Rice, lot of bro. storytelling done through her. And it's completely silent where she just, she just looks like this vulnerable, like doe eyed woman, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think what draws Jer- Jeremiah in. He just, he just wants her. He just, he just wants her. She's wearing like this, she's wearing like a rock band t-shirt. She works at a local shop. She just sits reading like fantasy novels. Like he's just like, Oh, she's different. I want her. And then, and I'm going to get her no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's taken, Andrea Riceborough's taken a turn in her career. Cause she's always been a good actress, but she did this, and then uh, recently she was in Possessor, the Brandon Cronenberg film. She oh, lived. I've still, I've still got it. I've just bought it and I still haven't watched she, it. She's the lead in that film and she's great in yeah. that film. She's good in this film as well. And um, it's just that first bit. It didn't suck, get me to the point where when I was watching her like hung up and sit on fire, I was watching as if to say, like, Jesus Christ, that's brutal. But I didn't get like, the kind into of, the characters. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't like, oh, no, not Andy. It was just more like, Jesus, that's horrific. And then we get Cage, and I and I put in my review, I seem to remember that, I straight away, as soon as I saw Cage in his pants, I was like, it's the meme, the memes will begin. And oh, yeah. it has done. But that is a great scene. That is a yeah. brilliant scene. And, it, and Nick Cage kills that scene. Well, this really is does. a film where they do get moments like that, inevitably, where Cage is going to get memed on. But I don't think they're actually going for that. They're not no. going, oh, look, it's Cage in pants, drinking vodka. Like, they're not... They're not going for that. That's just an inevitable yeah, sort of thing that's going to happen. Because it's happens when you yeah, get exactly. But the yeah. film, but that moment is great. Like, he sells that moment really, really, really well. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. He, and you believe, and again, like, like you said, you believe him. You believe him. And then the actions in the second half, which is basically how many ways can Nicolas Cage slaughter gimps in the most fun <laughs> slaughter and slaughter slaughter not band members? <laughs> exactly. This big, like, but yeah, it, uh, what's his name? Cosmatos. He said he wanted this film to be like a, a metal album come to life. I believe that was his words. Yeah. And he couldn't really get any more uh, that's a, metal than this. My, my, my th- I did like a quick summary of my thoughts on it is what I would say about it is from the first minute to the last, it's audibly and visually 
oozing style and mm-hmm. it's kind of it's like a heavy metal album and a fantasy no- novel had a baby and then that baby was translated to film via an lsd trip i about to say you can't forget they even mentioned it isn't it like the gangs are like being sold some messed up lsd yeah because um, on first watch like you don't know if they're just like demons or what they are but they, they are just fucked up head. on lsd for so long like oh that brings up a before we move on from that, the scene just after Mandy gets burned as well, uh, and Cage walks back out, and the fucking cheddar goblin advert oh, that thing was on. vomiting cheese all over the kids' heads. And I, I can't take credit for this because I did hear this somewhere else. It might even have been uh, Red Light Media's thing on it, but they were saying um, there's a really good point that I didn't want to miss out on is that it's kind of amazing that scene how that is so strange. This cheddar goblin throwing up like cheese pasta on all these little kids heads and and all this stupid music's playing. And it's like, it's kind of like, well, life doesn't really care. It life does not care that you've just had this thing happen. And they say in that moment that, um, it's life doesn't care about what happens to you. Like, you could have just had some really bad news about your family and whatnot. And then you you walk around the corner and like, uh, some like happy movies playing on the screen and stuff like because life doesn't really give a shit (laughs) about what's just happened to you. But yeah, that scene's mental. And then you get like this, the scenes after that with Nick Cage, obviously brutally uh, killing the, the slipknot dudes, which is pretty brutal. Ah, the cheddar goblin. Yeah. That geezer's mental. Um, no, you're, it's funny how that, about that, um, the idea that life doesn't give a damn. Yeah. As you say, life doesn't care that your missus has just been brutally set on fire, murdered and turned to ashes by a gang of yeah. drugged up gimps. The world doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah. The world doesn't care. You walk in and it's just like, Hey, here's a goblin throwing up on kids' heads and they're loving it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just another uh, dimension to an already weird film. Well, just, just before that scene as well, we've we've missed out on one of the best scenes in the film is uh, Jeremiah playing his music to Mandy. This winkle, go on. You've you mentioned this before. It's just uh, what I see. Like, he's just a complete false idol, isn't he? Like yeah, Mandy yeah. first meets him and like laughs at his awful music, and then laughs at his manhood penis just after, <laughs> which is obviously the the thing that turns him in the end to going absolutely mad and killing her because she doesn't she doesn't worship him like the rest of these idiots these yeah. other people are obviously just worshiping because they want the fucking drugs and stuff that's all this is is a big like oh, thing for for drugs it's, it's just a, it's just a, a, a cult based around the fact that these guys can get free drugs and the guy yeah, at the top exactly. is so is so messed off his head and believes his own kind of hype that yeah. he thinks these are his minions and maybe they will go and do things for him but because they're going to get smacked out of their faces on the best drugs that he can get for them. So the scene where win. Cage, I think it's just after he beats up all the Slipknot people and kills them as well. He dips his hand in the uh, jar, doesn't he? And, and, and licks some of the stuff. And he just, that scene where his entire face melts and then he's seeing like different dimensions and shit. It's so I knew you'd like, but as soon as I, cause the first time I watched this, I didn't have the context of thinking, and going to like that scene, but the oh, second yeah, time I watched this, this is very much up my, up my bizarre, what about, crazy alley. What about the moment where, um, you know, Red's told, look, don't go after the gang because they're smacked out on weird LSD. And he goes to make an axe. Out of just like this, like, Bill Duke giving him the crazy lava. weapons. Yeah. That's a Bill Duke, yeah. And he makes this like, silver axe. And that's why I was like, okay. And now I'm going to, second time around, I was like, right, let's just drop the inhibitions and let's just watch Nick Cage. See, I really love that, mate, that, that, you, that you sat there and just like said to yourself, right, I'm going to stop. Like, I'm going to, because some people can't do that. Some people uh, are very much set in their opinion and they will not budge from it. But you've, you've sat there and gone, right, well, the first half still doesn't work for me, but I'm just going to let this mad shit just, uh, just, you, just happen in front of you. You have to, because the first time I watched it, I was 
believe in. Like, this is why I don't like listening to or listening to too much uh, hype beforehand because I went in with the in- impression that this was going to blow my head off like in and the I best way possible. It's like you, you hear the title, you hear Mandy the title. It's not exactly like they didn't Jump call it, you, it. They didn't call it like uh, Slayer. Fucking, yeah, they didn't call it like Demon Slayer from Outer Space on LSD or something, which is like, do you know what I mean? They could have done it like that and lent completely into what it is. But when you see it, it's like, right, it's this indie filmmaker. Um, it's a film called Mandy, like the cast it's got in and stuff. You think, oh, it could be, it could be all sorts of things. Like you're dreaming up all this stuff in your head. And then obviously like when you saw it, it is a bit jarring that it's not that. Um, it's very much like a, it's like a indie drama mixed with a shit, like nasty B movie from the eighties, isn't it? Like, yeah. But with better visuals, it's, it's, I don't know, it is, it is a strange old beast, but you, you know me, mate, I just, I'll do anything to sort of get a different experience. And even if that's like a bit rough around the edges at times, I, I just, it's got so many things in it. This film, what, what do you think to the um, animated scenes? Uh, they're, that, they're, they're straight out of a, a heavy metal album yeah, cover, aren't that, they? Those. They are. That's what I mean. When, when you think of Cosmatos's quote saying, I want to make a heavy metal film, yeah. That you couldn't do any more than that. You've got a fucking axe. You've got the the music kind of the visuals, and then you get those animated moments, mm. and that does feel like something from the from the eighties or that, those kind of like Norse metal shit going on. Um, yeah. and it yeah. just adds to the strange like, of the film. The eighties and the Norse metal and the the heavy metal album cover thing. All these things bleed together with like the fantasy novels and stuff, which is what she's reading at the start. And mm-hmm. I love some of that. There's a scene where and she's just reading t-shirts too. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene where she's just reading from the start. And I can't remember exactly what it says. It's like under the crimson primordial sky and blah, blah, blah. She goes yeah, on this yeah. massive thing. And it's, I love that scene. And she's under the stars. And again, they're talking about like uh, which planet's their favorite. And there is a, there is a few like on the nose references, isn't there? She says like uh, that they live right next to Crystal Lake. Camp and then. Crystal Lake, yep. Yeah, they. they she asks Nick Cage what his favourite planet is. He says, I don't have a favourite planet, but my favourite is Galactus. She's like, that's not a planet. And he's like, no, but he eats planets. Like, <laughs> there's only two where it's like these really heavy-handed references, but like, I don't mind that. It's not like it's every two minutes. It's not Ready Player One shit, but right, yeah, no. it's two little references. Yeah, and um, when there's not too much dialogue in the film, as long as it doesn't get too too hammy, it's not so bad. Yeah. But um, So yeah, if, 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 you, if you can... If, if if you like that sort of thing, maybe the first half might. If you if if not, it might not be. But let's get into the second half, Matt. The, well, the got, half before we go like. on, mate, I've got to mention the chainsaw fight. That's what I mean. Yeah, the, the, the big crazy oh, second half of the yeah, film. Yeah, the chainsaw fight, mate. This is one of the things upon seeing it for the first time that I was like, "Yep." It, whatever I think about the film, it's got a massive like leather clad biker and Nicolas Cage oh, dueling yeah. with a chain with chainsaws, and it is and it doesn't brutal. look awkward. It's shot really well, and it's it like is really, well, really done. well. It's like a sword fight with chainsaws, basically, it. isn't it? It's like a noble duel between two warriors, yeah. but they just happen to have uh, chainsaws. It's Brett Backman who edited the film. Does a hell of a job in that because again, you could do um, you could make that fast cut like um. Chris Nolan did in Batman, where you can't yeah. see what the hell is going on, mm. or you can let the camera linger a bit more. And the sound design is great in that scene as oh, well. Yeah. You really do feel like, hold on, it really does turn into a different film once Mandy goes. Like it really is. Like it feels like I'm trying to think of some more examples. Like the Predator, the Punisher. It's like it's like an action film of that ilk. I mean, I think Bill Duke's been casting this for a reason. It, it the film very much changes when he goes to see him and goes to get the weapons. Doesn't it's he? his bloody like, axe and all that. Yeah, yeah. He gets. He basically builds like an axe that it's like a revenge film at the end, isn't it? World of Warcraft. It's like 
mental this axe that he gets and he's just there's a scene where he throws it's the fucking biggest thing you've ever seen isn't it on his back he throws it into that guy's forehead as well <laughs> but yeah again the, the whole first half of this just think about how different the film is in two halves think about how different our conversation has just been where we've just been talking about this like pretentious ethereal mad dreamlike thing and now we're talking about a film which basically sounds like an action film which is what it is it's it's a bloody blood-soaked revenge film is what it is and this is happens to have nick cage going full cage in it and that's what he does and you get a scene where he's covered in blood and he's in the car just like going like grinning madly at the camera it's it's everything and i think we'll say this a lot about the films but certainly one of them it's a lot it's what cage fans want and nicholas cage has got this like like these films has got this like cult following of like People oh, love yeah, him. He's, he's a larger than life guy out, outside of the films that he's in as well, isn't he? Yeah, I've seen people with like with, with t-shirts with just his face, with bed yeah. pillows where those ones <laughs> with the sequins where you put your hand up and it's just his face. People yeah. love it. So people, th- 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 this second half of this film is for the Cage fans, um, and it does get, the film the does get better. Well, uh, how pathetic Jeremiah is! Like he literally says at the end that he'll suck Red's dick just to save himself, and then he oh, just he gets like right weed at the end, isn't he? Yeah, he just gets like busted open like Oberyn Martell as well by the end, which is funny. Yeah, I mean, how many? How do people get killed? So you get uh, the geezer gets hit by a car. We get a throat slit and neck broken. Somebody gets lit on fire and decapitated. Somebody gets stabbed through the mouth. <laughs> it's like got fiery heads just rolling yeah. down the hill. Yeah, Axe thrown into his head. Somebody obviously the geezer get, uh, gets pulled onto the chainsaw. The old dear oh, at the end yeah. gets decapitated. And he throws her head towards Jeremiah and he gets his head crushed. It's yeah, not he literally throws fan- it at Jeremiah and he's like, like, he's just like- Aim for the fan. As I say to you, for fans of uh, British soap, that's Ken Barlow's son, Linus Roach. So um, imagine, imagine him his da- watching that of his dad, like, oh, Linus, this isn't like. Yeah, very different, isn't it? Very different. Yeah. But it's not for the faint hearted whatsoever. And it does get better towards the end, only because, I mean, that's how long is this film? It's about an hour and it's just, just shy of two hours. And mm. it really That's get, the really thing as well. I never even realised that, that this film was two hours long. I think it's a really, really brisk two hour film. It, the it, second half helps down, that. I think it's down to, like, yeah, exactly. I think it's down to the first hour being that, like, like we said before, like we mentioned, the like ethereal dream world film. And then the second half being the crazy action horror film that it is. Like, it does feel really brisk because it's kind of like that thing that they do for the first bit of the film with Mandy. That's usually like the first act, like the very first 15 minutes of a revenge film. Whereas this film takes its time a bit more. It's and halfway, literally exactly halfway in the film. Yeah. Unless you spend a bit more time yeah. with her. And then her presence like sort of lingers over the rest of the film as well. But just um, in summary for me, mate, I think all in all, there's a lot more to dig into visually and thematically in this film. Uh, there's lots of stuff to do with like gods and religion and astrology and all sorts of stuff to dig into. But the plot itself is very simple. It's a revenge story, like you said. And I, that is not enough for some people. Just as a plot, that is not enough for some people. Um, but for me, I can't not celebrate like how beautifully unique it is. It's, it's so different to, to anything I've seen that's modern. So Yeah, and lots of drug use as well. Don't do drugs, kids. It's bad for you. Um, well, if you're going to, do it while you're watching this at least. Well, yeah, or at least do it in the, do, do it in the safety of your house and just take the just don't have anything sharp near Um Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. Uh, for me, a lot of this is, I mean, there's not much going on in terms of story. It is, like you say, uh, the first half is just seeing how these people get, get along. Then one of them gets killed and the second half is he goes to 
uh, kill the people who killed his missus. That, that's the story. So it makes up for it tries to make up for his lack of story, which isn't again that ain't necessarily negative. Lots of films do this, but by having a lot of style and the second half style is substance is, is yeah. something I like to say with these kind of films, and it is like it is stylish, and that is what you're there to watch. If the whole film had been like the first half, then Jesus Christ! If they'd somehow managed to make the revenge plot as slow as the first half, it would have been. It, it does sound nice. like you do enjoy it a bit more than you did the first time. Though. I remember speaking to you about this a bit back, and you were you were really down on it. So you're a bit more up on it now, aren't you? At least it's just yeah, because, simply because I've just like you said, let my hair down. I was like, well, fuck it. It's Nick Cage. He's and got you know what you're going in for the second time as well. It, exactly. Yeah, the first time I had high end expectations, and it wasn't. It didn't meet any of them. Yeah. Second time, I was like, it's Nick Cage of an axe. He's going to slaughter some gimps. I know. I know. It's. I know what's coming. So let's just enjoy it a bit more. But the first half, I disliked that more. Because it was just like, oh, I just want to get to the main part now. Yeah. Um, but then they get, like I say, got some mental kills. Nick Cage goes full ham. He's lost his mind by the end of the film, and it looks great. Johansson's score is wicked. And um, yeah, it's if, if for people out there who like experimental cinema, which I generally do, I like things which are a little bit not non-linear as they call it, which isn't just you know act one, act two, act three. I like things to shake it up a bit, otherwise films yeah. get boring. But this one didn't fully work for me, but it seems like it did work for you, and oh, I yes. love that. Mm. Yeah, well, me and you have spoken about it before as well, where, like, I think me and you, mm. interesting, like, we do agree quite a lot, but we do value different things in films, don't we, I would yeah. say. And, like, this is very much my kind of thing. And uh, this is, I'm not saying there isn't similar stuff like this that you would enjoy or, or that you do enjoy, but this one specifically, I think he's, like, leaning right towards what I like and just a bit out left of what you like, isn't it, so? Just what about the next the one, chart. mate? Well, the next one, mate, is from 2019. And this is one which, again, I don't know if you guys have heard in the last few shows, but we've mentioned a geezer called H.B. Lovecraft. Racist fella, but we've Never mentioned heard. him a few times. Nasty Never fella, but- disgusting fella, but he wrote some good stories that have been very much influential on everything horror ever since they came out. <laughs> exactly. And we're talking about a film which is adapted for one of his short stories, and it's a colour out of space 2019, mate, directed by a guy called Richard Stanley, who'd been out of film for like three decades. This is his first film for like 30 years almost. Mm. Um, came back to do this, out of all things. And I've, and the link between these two films as well, got a shout out, because we've mentioned this fella before, because he looks a bit like my brother. But Elijah Wood produced Mandy, and he produced Colour Out of Space. So he was... Right, because I know he did two of these. I didn't know which one it was. So Willie's Wonderland is the other one that he didn't produce then that's the odd one out in terms of the elijah verse right. but right. elijah wood's got some right i love I, even if i don't like the all of the films that elijah produces like mandy i don't particularly I, I, it's not a film which i hold dear but i love that elijah wood just go he, he goes full on these uh films because you think of him and you do you think of the geezer for flipper the hobbit and all that no the guys the guy knows he, he loves cinema which is what these films are these are these are cinema mm, he does, yeah. color out of space isn't it is based on the Lovecraft story and uh, straight up I thought this was a good film I liked this film again I'd heard a lot of things about this from Anne and from our buddy Bespin the Welsh Mountain and also just critically I'd heard that you know what it's actually quite good it's not just style over substance it's a bit of both and mm. I, I enjoyed this one mate there's, there's parallels with another film which came out recently which we've spoken about as well mm-hmm. on this show but what did you think because you obviously you're, you're, you're deep into the Lovecraft lore now and you're watching this again with that knowledge behind you I really, really loved this uh, the first time I watched it. I didn't like it as much the second time. Ooh, here we go. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I was speaking to um, 
our pal Bestman about the other day, and I was saying, I, I don't know if it's just maybe that the first time you watch it, it is that kind of it has a lot of elements of like the thing where you're waiting to see who's gonna turn into what kind of fucking mental creature throughout the film. And I think the first time watching it, that does um, that does set up a lot of the tension is that you don't know what's going to happen to the world around them. You don't know which of them's going to turn into what and how that's going to be resolved or anything. Yeah. The second time watching it, I was just kind of like, it, it, it is still a really good film. Like it's not, I, I just think it works so much better the first time you watch it. Um, a lot of the stuff in this, I, I noticed a lot more references and stuff. Cause obviously, like I said, I've been ne- just, just deep into all the Lovecraft stuff lately, but, yeah, a lot of stuff still. It's like everybody's still going mad and just being dickheads to each other is really cool still. Like Cage, when he's doing... That's been pointed out as well when he was watching it. He was, I didn't even think of this when he was telling me. Cage is doing Trump in this, isn't he? Um, he he's might literally be. doing Trump. Like he's going, well, what I think about this is that I think you should go over there because you're a little dickhead. Like he's doing Trump's voice. <laughs> like he's, he's doing the hand gestures as well. It's bonkers, but... Yeah, I, I do think it is still a really good film. I just it didn't click for me as much as it did the first time, and I, d- I don't know if it's just because I've read that Color Out of Space story now, and like I think I think Annihilation might be a better version of that story, even though that's not a direct. It is. It's just not called Color Out of Space, but you know what I mean. But this obviously leans really into the fact that it is adapted from that story. The, the character's first name. I don't know if you noticed this. The character, the first character's name you get introduced to is Ward Phillips. As in Howard Phillips Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, I never knew that. I did that did not hit me at all. And then th- this is one that I'd just known because I've been obviously like reading all this stuff and getting into the trivia of like what he's about and stuff. But the the book that that dude holds up, there's a scene where a, a jeep's like headlights come on, and he holds up a book to cover up his eyes. And the book that he's holding is The Willows, which is the uh, personal favorite book ever of H.P. Lovecraft. He wrote in I've just got this quote from Wikipedia. He wrote in his 1927 treatise. Supernatural horror in literature, here art and restraint in narrative reach their highest development and an impression of lasting poignancy is produced without a single strained passage or single false note. So that's pretty high praise for that book. So I've just bought that book and I'm going to read that as well. Well, doesn't doesn't the daughter, Lavinia, doesn't she have the Necronomicon in her bedroom? Yes, yes, she does. Which is, that gets mixed up a lot where people say, oh, it's it's a real old book with all these real old spells. It's not. That is a book that Lovecraft made up. Uh, a fictional book um, that he's, it features in a lot of his stuff, and now it's the name of the collection of stories of his. It's the one that I'm reading. But yeah, I think I think the performances in this are all good. I think the way everybody it's kind of like a slow turning of the screw, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. where people are just like, I think mm-hmm. one of the best ones is that the mum comes downstairs and the Wi-Fi is not working, and she's going absolutely fucking crazy at Nick Cage, and then he's just like throwing all the fruit in the bin and biting it out of each one. It just escalates and escalates, doesn't it? Yeah, honestly, I, I liked the family, family side of this more. Like my problem with Mandy was I didn't really dig the characters as much. No, I'm not going to sit here and say I loved the characters in this film, but I liked that they spent a bit of time at the start of the film, you know, with the family. So we got to know them a bit. We got to know more about Lavinia, the daughter, uh, Madeline Arthur. Uh, we saw, yeah, Ward Phillips, the hydrologist, the little lads, uh, Benny and Jack. We find out more about uh, Nick Cage's character, Nathan. Uh, he's got this farm. Nobody else wants to live on the farm, but he loves it. There's alpacas there just because why wouldn't there be? And so we find out more about them. And then when, so when stuff happens, again, it wasn't like these characters, I want them all to survive, but yeah. I felt a well, bit more. Just- 
just just for everybody else as well, the, this story is a very simple one. The Colorado space is that there is a there is a family that live on this big farmhouse, and a meteor drops out of space, which basically illuminates this purple crazy color. In the book, it's not purple; it's a color that they can't describe, yep. which I think is a lot more interesting. But how the fuck do you? You can't translate that to screen. You have to pick a colour, don't you? Well, it's so. funny because uh, I've, I found this out from doing research. I never knew this, but they they used to put colour purple, the colour magenta, and yeah. magenta actually doesn't exist because as I'm reading this like, definition. It has no wavelength. There's no place here on the spectrum. The only reason we see it is because our brains, our brain doesn't like having green between purple and red, so it substitutes for something else, which creates magenta yeah, which is so, a perfect perfect yeah extra way to translate color. that idea of it not being a color to screen because it isn't a color is it it's, it would be called the purple out of space if it was actually a color it's, it's like look, we're talking about th- things beyond comprehension or things that we can't see or that we can't yeah. comprehend we literally can't comprehend the color in yeah. this film but we don't we don't we don't, it doesn't drive us mental but we but when you little things like that would you find out it's like oh sweet mm. like you mentioned about the books little ward phillips little tiny nods the, yeah, uh, that's, how you do a, that's how you do a nod, isn't it? Like, yeah, Richard Stanley's come in and he knows his stuff. It's obviously taken him a long time, uh, taken the right film to get him out of his yes. self-imposed retirement. But and this is supposed to be for him as well. It's uh, the first film in a trilogy set in Lovecraft's universe. So they, oh, I did not they know that. In this film, they reference uh, towns such as Arkham and Dunwich, which are yes. both the, the Dunwich horror. And Arkham appears in like loads of stories. That is actually, you know. Arkham from Gotham as well. Yep, that's the what Arkham I kept style. thinking of. Yeah, that is that is where that's from as well. That is a ah, reference. Nice. To, um, to I, th- I thought it must have been because I thought that's too on the nose to have like Arkham uh, and then mention Arkham and then be like, well, that's in Batman. Why have yeah, they just yeah. taken yeah. that? But um, no, I liked him. I thought the practical effects I thought were boss in this film. I thought oh, the CGI really? was yeah. when the mom and the son merged together and when then they, they were fused. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. It's funny because I'm talking about enjoying the family and thinking I, I like this family. Or I, I kind of empathise with them. During that moment, I, I was just more grossed out. I didn't feel the emotion that I should have done. Mm. But I don't think the performances the performances were good, but I didn't get. It's interesting, though, isn't it, mate? I like, we are both like sim- similar on this. Where it's right, right up my alley as well. Like I've not been, I've been nonstop reading this guy's books and stuff. And a lot of people say this is one of the better adaptations, but like. That's what I was going to ask you, mate. Is it one of the better? For me, I, I think it oh, is no. one of the better ones, but certainly in modern times anyway. Oh, modern ones. Yeah, definitely. But like this doesn't, for me, this doesn't hold a candle to like Reanimator from <laughs> Beyond Annihilation. Oh, Reanimator's like the top, isn't it? Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's I, I feel like I'm being really harsh on it, but it's not the fact that I didn't like it. It's just that I didn't like it as much, which is a bit of a kicker. Like, it's interesting with Mandy. I watched that and I really did like that the first time I saw it. And now I love it. Like I would, I would, one of my favourites of the last decade, I would say now. Top 50 film? Yeah, yeah, could be Mandy. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Yep. Especially okay. for like modern stuff as well. But whereas this is, if, if you'd have asked me prior to rewatching both, I would have said that I, my favourite off this list would have been Colour Out of Space. But yep. uh, I think Mandy's way above Colour Out of Space for me. Sweet. Just, no. just for you, because obviously I know you've got a very disparaging difference between your thoughts on the first half and the second half. But would do you still prefer Colour Out of Space overall? Would you say? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. When I watched this film uh, for the first time the other day, I I, enjoy, I enjoyed it a lot more because it, it it again it's a much more traditional film, which is fine. Like, it, yeah. it gets from A to B to C, fine. Um, and I dug the family aspect, and I thought the performances were decent. 
And I like the that kind of early the, the, like the early eighties feel of it, or the yeah early eighties. But I like that, and the visuals and the symphony score was great again. Oh yeah, and I also liked that there was a little bit of humor, not much, but like yeah. Nick Cage would be like, everybody loves ducks. And this little thing, and and how pissed off he Shit got with the alpacas when he starts shooting him with the shotgun. Like, alpaca Ghidorah turned up. Yeah. I was like, I've, I was like, what the fuck? And the way, he, and the way he got so annoyed at how he looked on the news when he, when he, yeah, his hair, and he's like, didn't anyone give me a fucking comb? And yeah. um, and they were like, do, that's do, going to be splattered, aren't they? And he's like, oh, I like to drink a bit of rum now and again. <laughs> do you uh, do you drink a lot? And he's like, well, I I like a drink every now. And, and the woman, the reporter's like, yep, there we go. Yeah. This this crank here telling us that an alien's landed in this thing. So there was it was those kind of little moments of fun, which I think the film needed as well. To be fair, yes, so yeah. I like that. I don't know, for me, it's, it's for what it is and what it's based on. The story is based on as well, like the color out of space. And they do it well in Annihilation where it is creepy. It is really creepy. And it's really so uh, with Annihilation, you're so out of your depths. Like every time you see something new in that way, like somebody's turned into a fucking plant or a bear's turned into a goat and a shark's turned into a crocodile and like things are fusing and everything's going wrong. And the plants are all like everything is so inexplicable in Annihilation that you feel confused and therefore you feel a bit, scared i mean the whole lovecraft concept is the very thing that that is the most scary thing in the universe is that humans can't comprehend everything that's around them in annihilation i felt like that whereas in color out of space it was more like it was more campy than creepy more wacky wasn't it yeah exactly it was it was and and, and from beyond's like that but even from beyond for me still creeped me out a bit more like where visually yeah, it's worse yeah. more things from to look at that, like 80s book over it hasn't it it's like yeah. It's it's really grotty and dirty and like. What did you think of the colours then in this film? Because the film's called Colour. Oh yeah, brilliant. We're yeah, saying that, that Mandy looked beautiful. My um, favourite scene this in this film by far. Uh, obviously, we'll get ask you what yours is straight after this. But mine easily is the end scene where Lavinia shows Ward the like alternate dimension in her head, and it's flying through it, and you see in all these different places in in the galaxy and all these. Like I would have liked a bit more of that, like yeah. real existential dread stuff where. By that point, she has gone. Her her, her brain has gone. Like mm-hmm. they've been drinking moments, the water, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. There's a few moments in the rest of it where, like, a brother goes down the well, and that's like a bit of a naff death and stuff, and yeah. like some other stuff happens, and the little kids there, and the way Cage goes out, obviously, just gets shot by a cop. But the way she's like at the end is amazing. I love that that she's gone full, like she's seen too much, and her brain is basically exploding out in front of her for this other guy to see. I thought that was Pineal great. gland is being yeah, exposed. Basically, to. that was it. Yeah, yeah. I really um, love that scene, and I, I wish we got a bit more of that. I know. I, I I like that as well. I really really like that scene. I think Lavinia was great. Uh, um, I also like the scenes in the shed with Ezra, with Tommy Chong's character Ezra. He, like he's he's this weird hermit guy living in the shed, kind of yeah. spewing this stuff about and his, his of, fucking cat's called G Spot. His cat's called G Spot, and he's he's saying like that that the rock is from another dimension. He's basically saying what's happening. Nobody believes him, so I, I liked the stuff of him because it yeah. that added that sort of strange dimension A bit to more character to the film as well, didn't it? Yeah, because the family they don't believe, up until a certain point. Nobody really believes that this is a, other than Nick Cage, that this is a mad rock, um, really. And, but Ezra, all along, he's, he knows what, he knows the score of what's going on. But yeah. yeah, those scenes, any scene where the, where the, the stone at the beginning is, uh, coming into play, yes. when it's shooting his colours out, or when it disappears and it becomes those beautiful purple flowers. I liked those moments. And it's those kind of like weirder moments rather than the, the body horror is cool. 
the 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 humor's pretty cool. The act, the acting's great, but those kind of like weirder moments, like you said, when he goes to that another dimension next, essentially yeah. through his through Lavinia's pineal gland or whatever the fuck did it. It's, yeah. it's great, and like you say, you have you got more of that. This, mate, is as much as we're talking about a film where. A, a, a group of alpacas fuse to make a giant monster in Adora. a shed, and a mum and a son fuse to make a big walking, like crawling monster. Jesus, would you agree that this film doesn't have enough weird shit in it? Doesn't have enough. That's what I mean. That's what I was saying. It's if it, if we'd had that yeah. dimensional stuff at the end a little bit more, that would have helped. But also, exactly what you've just said, we Lavinia gets locked in in the room with her like mother brother creation hybrid. And it kind of licks her face a bit, and, that, and then she get and then gets killed. That's it. It looks horrible, but we needed more of that. We did. Do you know need what I think this film could have done with? Go on. Uh, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. Don't know. I think this film could have done without the contemporary setting and have it in black and white. Ooh, that, no, I think that would have that. made it a lot creepier. Like have it color, in though, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, but then you don't even see the color. I'd be interested how they would have um, had a word of portrayed. Just as light, basically, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, that's it. Hey, look, uh, pitch it to who do it as Richard Stanley. Pitch it to him and say, "Come on." Or I, Steve I, 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 I feel bad saying this because it's, it's a good film, man. This is a good film. I would watch it again. De- definitely would watch it again. It's just a, the way I'm talking about it now is obviously it sounds like I'm a bit more harsh in it because it was better the first watch. I'd just be interested for people out there as well if you have seen this, give it another watch and see if it comes across the same way for you because I. What I think about is the, the closest film you can compare it to in the sense that it's about this unseen thing that comes along and is changing everything around it is The Thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But The Thing works every single time. Every single time you watch yeah. that film, it has that amazing effect, which like only the best films do, where even in the scene where he's like, uh, where they're testing for who is the thing with the with the blood vials yeah. i still shit myself every single blood vial every because you don't know, know which one it's going to be and that's what great films do whereas this it was more the second time around it was like right i'm waiting for all the cool stuff to happen but i kind of know where this is going to go and i'm just wanting it to go there as opposed to being on my edge of my seat like yeah well i mentioned like you mentioned annihilation that was the one i was referring to like another film took this premise of like this unseen thing um i think annihilation did it better and i really and i know we, i said it love week well i need to watch that i may even watch that tonight or tomorrow because i watched ex machina recently i, I want to watch wait for you to see it again well mate. i want to watch it again and like i said we probably end up doing a bloody garland episode to go alongside eggers like that, yeah. two british it. uh directors who just go mental um well one of the, one of the things i was going to ask you because it's really interesting that you watch this the second time round or another time and it didn't have the same impact. I watched Mandy the second time. Certain parts work slightly more. These kind of like more out there films, not even necessarily Lovecraft, but these kind of weirder type films, are they a one and done? Is it like bang for your buck the first time? Then once you've experienced it, and I know you mentioned I, the thing, but I think the lesser ones how are. How hard is it to do? The, the lesser ones are definitely that way, where they, they're leaning on these visual effects. And I recently spoke about. Um, was it you I spoke about the, the, the void? Yes, you did, mate. Did you like that in the first place? I can't remember. I don't no, think I didn't know. I liked certain visuals with like the druids and all that kind of stuff, but right, it well, didn't work in the same sense. But probably more so, like one way and the other. I liked that probably even more than I liked the color out of space the first time. Mm-hmm. But then the last time that I just rewatched it, I didn't like that at all. 
Yeah. I thought, I thought yeah. that was really heavy-handed and, like, just so trying to be like, oh, I've, I've read a Lovecraft story and I also watched Carpenter films in the it's 80s. It's like Lovecraft 101, isn't it? It's like, we need, it's like yeah. we need monsters, we need another dimension, and we need someone telling you about that other dimension. The thing is in that, though, that I can distill it down to, and it, and it might be the same as Colour Out of Space, but not as, again, not as harsh, is In the Void... I couldn't tell you one fucking character's name in that film, and I also couldn't tell you one trait of any one character in that film. No, Everybody's just there shitting themselves, the and then there's a blob running around the hospital. And I think that is what this comes down to, is the fact that you need to be close. Like, in The Thing, everybody in that is memorable. Every single person in that film is memorable, and, like, when they, when they like, do the scenes like that with the, with the blood vials, you are on the edge of your seat because you care about all these people, or at least you're interested in all these people, whereas... I think in Colour Out of Space, like I cared more for the characters in that than I did in The Void, but not enough for it to be resonant a second viewing. I think that's basically what it comes down to. But And also, we, we've also got to think about is that who directed the thing? And who, uh, John Carpenter, we, maybe, we, we might be hearing more about that geezer soon, but Carpenter knows how to wring every last bit of atmosphere out of a scene. Oh, fucking yeah. Man. Every, he's a master of it. And so, characters. How many, how many times can you, can you name different films of his? And you've got Mike Myers, Snake Plissken, like, uh, Jack Burton. You can go through every single film of his and there's an iconic, and I don't mean like, oh, he's quite memorable. Like, I mean like on a fucking poster on Reddit every two minutes kind of, iconic character like well, and that's what you've got on, in color out of space i only remember lavinia's name because it's, it's like a different name that i've not heard that much i can't remember anybody else's name in it and i've seen it twice um uh, i don't know it's, maybe that's what you needed maybe you did need just stronger characterizations maybe it needed to be more bizarre and out there but who knows but it was missing something from the stew wasn't there for me uh there was something you, missing a little bit of seasoning mate is what it needed yeah. it's not bad for my life i've got to say i quite no, enjoyed not, it no, I was in for the whole time. But I, I hate it, doing it, scores. We don't do them on here because you're very nice to me and let me not do them and you also don't do them because I just I just don't see the point for the most part. But it is very much like a 7.5 film, The Color Out of Space, for me. If if if, well, if that's what you got to do, you got to score it, yeah. Well, Mandy, if you want to go critic, 90% RT, kind of out of space, 86. So films like this are critic films like these films like these are critically loved these two films at least yeah, yeah and regardless of what i think about mandy i can see why people would like it an awful lot because of the artistic yes. merit of it color out of space has some artistic merit but it's That's also the thing to make. you can sit there again because you're a, you're a knowledgeable film guy and you can sit and watch both of these and regardless of your films on both you can sit and go right i think a lot of people are going to love this mandy film but this color out of space one's going to be all right and people are going to pick it up in horror circles and it's going to be a fun time but it's not going to it's never going to go down as like a legendary thing whereas mandy in years to come could be something that people talk about as really good yes absolutely i'm not surprised that people liked kind of out of space and it got a lot of buzz though because it is more of a traditional film yes. than mandy but and again I, I i did like this film i liked an awful lot about it um and uh i i now but from what you've just said about did it need more kind of like oddness to it some of these more like creepy creatures and that think about it yeah it did because we got a couple of cgi ones at the beginning in the car which looked crap but we did oh, need God. more we needed more to speak. Like, and it, it wouldn't have been like the void where it was Lovecraft one hundred and one. Wouldn't it just right. been like the it's, it's example? Mate, Colour Out of Space is about a bunch of people secluded in this little space with a bunch of inexplicable stuff affecting them. We just spoke about that with the mist. What does the mist have that this doesn't? It has incredible characters. 
some of the it takes best. its time with the characters. And I it like takes its that time, film incredible does. characters, and it has a lot more bonkers shit happen. That's like it. Pound for pound. I like that this film spends more time with the characters, but the characters in the mist feel real. Oh, yeah. That's the difference. They feel real. Whereas the characters Fistful in this film, characters, aren't they? Yeah. I, I like them, but they don't feel as tangible. Like They're actually like real people. Yeah. Um, it's because it, whether it's because they live on the farm with the alpacas and maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's because it's Nick, I don't know, but it didn't feel quite as genuine, but I did like the film and out of the two of them, if I was going to do a, uh, an MPM mat league, I'd put color out of space ahead of it simply because I enjoyed it more, but I think yours would be switched around, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I think Mandy's a, genuinely a great film. I don't think color out of space is a great film. Well, it's, uh, it's a good film though. Let's move on to. I think this is the first time in MPM history, twenty-six episodes. I think this is the first time we've ever kind of covered in our own inimitable style a very recent release, isn't it, mate? Yeah, this came out for us at least in the UK. Was it Friday? Yeah, the other day. Uh, yeah, yeah Willie Willie's Wonderland, based on well, Five Nights at Freddy's. Kevin Lewis directed this, and um, yeah, literally only just come out. So I've seen it and seen it. We pretty much sort of in the space of a few days of each other. Mm. I've got no idea what. Um, El Beef Kakeyosh thinks about it. He doesn't know what I think about it either. But who, who do you want to go first? Are you going to go or am I going to go? Well, because we can't do because our, our podcast host won't let us say it at the same time. But we'll try. We'll we'll try anyway. We've heard the first film you were more up on than me. Second film I was on more more up on than you. Let's see where we go. Um, uh, you go first because I'm I, I went first on Color Out of Space. So Willy's Wonderland, mate. You finally see it. Nicholas Cage is a janitor. What did you think about it? This is shit. <laughs> this is shit man I, I didn't get anything out of this and as soon as the trailer came out I was like oh yes it's a it's another one in these trilogy of cage films where he's going to be going mental and stuff but the most iconic thing about cage is the fucking mental rants and the, the crazy stuff that he says and does so what do they do in this film they have him not say a word he does not say one word in the entire film and honestly mate I, th- I think this, this film feels absolutely like this the studio and director said oh yeah the internet really like this five nights at freddy's thing oh and they also love memeing on nick cage so let's just make that into a movie that's what that's what this was to me it was just like it wasn't funny it wasn't like gross out like thingy because it's a 15 and not an 18 because obviously they're trying to get some teens in to watch it because of five nights at freddy's it's not the all the teenage characters are bland as fucking shit. Like there is nothing to any of them. Uh, it did nothing for me, mate. Honestly, nothing. What about you? <laughs> I had a great time, mate. <laughs> really? I had a great time. I did. I mean, the film is the film was clearly just like dirge. You know, what I mean, there's nothing to it at all. Does not need to exist. Everything you just said about the kids were, you know, I, I liked the, the the lead girl who I uh, mentioned yesterday, Emily Toster, she's a girl called Liv. I like, and again, she's got no characterization, but she gets more than the others. The others are just brain dead or they just show upskirts. Really odd sort of choice of direction this was, but um, and that literally does happen and it's a thing in the film. Um, uh, but uh, it was an hour and 25 minutes of Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage things, drinking an energy drink called Punch, <laughs> uh, putting a gorilla's face in your rhino and uh, curb stomping the bastard beating the shit out of mechanical animals um, and, and people were looking at him saying what a badass this guy is yeah. you know it's, I thought it, as, as I was watching it 
I knew exactly what it was. There's no story. There's there's nothing to it whatsoever. It's just a vehicle for Nick Cage to beat the shit out of mechanical animals. But I had a great time watching it. Do I think it's a good film? No. But did I have a blast watching it? Fuck yeah, I did. Oh, I, I just honestly, man, I, I didn't, <laughs> and I wish I did because it was it 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 was something I was really excited for. Like I was when the trailer came out, I was like, oh, this is going to be boss. This is going to be like. I, I, I don't know. It's it, it's a beat for beat retelling of Five Nights at Freddy's. By the way, every single story beat in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is a, is, a, is a bunch of kids that like. Well, in this, it's the adults instead of the kids. But in Five Nights at Freddy's, is a bunch of kids get killed and then their spirits inhabit the animatronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't message me if I'm wrong because I don't give a fuck. I don't play those games. That's just sort of what it, I think it is. Um, yeah, but. It's just honestly, I can't, I can't think of an element. I like the score is terrible. It's like massively uninspired score. I don't remember the score exactly. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> in the last two films, you do. Yep, um, I do. I, but I, I obviously I'm like a massive score fan. That's like the only fucking music I listen to these days is from movies. But uh, yeah, the performances from the young cast are bland. Like even Cage is dull in this. How do you make Nick Cage dull? In a film, like, well, obviously, have you don't not say anything. You yeah. have him not say anything. Yeah, that's literally how you do it. But I don't know, man. It's just you know the best it's, part it's of it was overall the direction that didn't click for me. Like, scenes are shot in the most annoying way. Like, the camera is all over the place. You never actually get to see anything. Like, if if an animatronic walks in a room and you're expecting something to happen, one of two things is going to happen. The camera is going to go so close that you have no idea what's happening. Like to the point where you're just going to feel sick. Or the lights are just going to go out and then the lights going to come on and somebody's chopped in half and they're on the floor and the animatronics like, I, I, I don't know. It just didn't work for me, man. I don't think the animatronics look creepy. And I said this to Beth last night. I watched it with Beth. I think they would have been creepy if they actually looked like animatronics that weren't trying to look creepy. Mm-hmm. They should have looked like ones that actually would be set up in a place like that. And I know they're all old and dirty and stuff. But what I mean is like, they look scary. What like they should think look- of it? She hated it, just 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 as I did, mate. We got we got nothing out of it. Honestly, we were falling asleep at one point. I was just like, well, "It's not even that long a film, is it?" No, I, I really feel bad saying this as well because I wanted to come in and like do this triple threat of cage goodness. You say what you want to say, mate. Yeah, I just it's not often I come on here and I'm negative, is it? But I, I really didn't get anything That's the out fun of it. About doing films you haven't seen before is yeah. that we don't That's know, and we said that before, didn't we? We always pick the films on this, and we always generally pick films that we want to celebrate because that's what we do. But yep. obviously, when you watch a new thing, you have no idea. I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I was have, Mike. saying about Color Out of Space, it wasn't as good, but I still really like that film. It just wasn't as good as the first time I saw it. Whereas this is, honestly, this is like, this is toilet blocker for me, mate. This is just, <laughs> this is, I couldn't tell you an element I like. I'm not the score, the acting. There's no story. Well, the story is. These dudes know that this place is shit. Cage has got no money, so they tell him if they go in and fix it, then they'll fix his car for him. But because they know... Yeah, it's all just... They're trying to give some sacrificial thing to these animatronics, but then Cage just kills them all, and then the animatronics kill all the kids. It's I, I don't know, mate. I just... You go, you go. <laughs> it's just, but well, that's it, mate. It's what it is. He gets Nick Cage gets duped into cleaning Willy's Wonderland, and that's the best part of the film is how satisfying did it look when he was cleaning like the pinball machine and all the crap yeah. was coming off it. I was like, God, I, I, I would. I'm not, I don't even enjoy cleaning that much. I like, I like the, I like the satisfaction of seeing a clean room. But I was looking at that thinking, I would love to get in there with my with my feather duster 
and clean the shit out of that place. Um, uh, is everything there is? I wish I was in your spot though, mate. Where you you're pretty much agreeing with me that it's a shit film, but you just had fun, and I didn't have fun. So yeah, that, that's it. And that yeah. doesn't always happen as well. Like with Mandy, with the first time, the end, you're designed to kind of like have fun and cheer him on. I didn't the first time. Second time, I got into it a bit more. But with this one, I as soon as I read the synopsis that you know the guy's basically locked in with his killer animatronics and it's Nick Cage, I knew that there wasn't going to be any kind of emotional undercurrent. No, no. The thing is, what this is going for is like Gremlins, right? And Gremlins has... Uh, Gremlins has funny moments. Gremlins has gross moments. It has like horror good, moments in it as well. It has good horror moments, good character moments with obviously thingy speaking about like a dad in the chimney and all this different stuff. And then like, cause this, I, I'm, what other films could you compare this to mate? Where it's like humans versus yeah. fucking weird shit. Like it's uh, like Gremlins and this one called the banana splits movie that come out about five years ago. Which right. is basically the banana splits TV kids show somebody dresses up as them and kills people. It was very similar to that. Uh, and, yeah. and it's that like, tricky, tricky. It's like a similar premise, isn't it? Like it's just, all these things where it's like dolls or like little yeah, yeah. creatures taking on humans, inanimate objects. Yeah. And they all have, like we said before, they all have like, they're really fun. They, they've all got cult followings and they're all films that I love. I love Chucky. I love the new Chucky. The new child's play film was good. Like I loved, obviously I love gremlins and gremlins too. But this one, man, I just had not. It's just again. I, I'm just. I'm a broke record here. It just had nothing in it for me. And what, yeah, what I would like is I would like one of those Willy's Wonderland T-shirts. So I'd like one of those. That's quite I wish. Cool. He puts one on about twenty times, doesn't he? Because every time he kills one. Hey, yeah. he, why does this alarm keep going off every hour? It's something about him having like uh, dreams or something shit. But then he has to go play the game. He has to go play the pinball game, doesn't he? Every time it happens and drink all the stuff and. I wasn't sure, but it's just like come some kind of thing. I would have picked up on all that, but I was my interest had gone by this point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I was like, it, I didn't have anything to do with the game where you've got like an, every hour you've got to go and like recharge or something. I don't know. Yeah, because he's the point like, where he's sitting in the room with the animatronic. He comes in like puts his fists up like he's going to fuck up this animatronic. Then his alarm goes off. He just gives the girl the knife and walks out, doesn't he? That's it. And he goes plays pinball, has his punch, and then comes back and kill and kills it but i wasn't sure like i say this is like some sort of ocd thing because he's because he's he's mute and we don't know why he's mute we don't know if that's a decision of his or if he is uh, actually up if the character was born mute we don't know anything yeah. all, but then all we, all, the only noise he makes is he goes ah when he has a drink of punch yeah. it's the only only noise he makes but this is the lowest rated film 64 percent an rt and this was I'm, that, that, that does high. surprise me that yeah. surprises me. <laughs> but I, I thought it would be higher. Not like, like 90. Like 2049 was only 80. This is 64. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. I thought wow. it would be higher, though, because of what it is. Just this is a fun film. Batman v Superman, it's like quadruple Suicide Squad. <laughs> I would rather watch this than BVS, to be fair. No, not for me. Oh, I have to. At least this has got some, f- well, for me, some fun to it. BVS is just Snyder, just like wiping his pooey toilet roll all over the lens <laughs> there are redeemable things for me in that film there aren't any in this this is like close with like suicide squad though where i, I don't no i think i've watched suicide squad before yeah, this, if you drink that... it's called punch for christ's sake punch <laughs> come on suicide squad is notoriously one of my least favorite films of the last few years and i think it's better than this i i really do think i would rather watch like will smith at least doing something and some weird goop monsters get killed than like whatever this is. I, I really, I feel really bad because I feel like I'm 
I'm the person people look to on the internet for champion in this kind of film, and I'm I've let you all down because I think it's crap. You can only be honest, my friend, and that's why and that's what I like about this dynamic of this show as well. It would have been fun if we both loved it, but because yeah. we don't, we've got different opinions, and that's why it's quality. I'd like you to watch Independence Day Resurgence and then remember Willy's Wonderland. I, I, I'm telling you now, I will like Independence Day Resurgence more than this. No, well, this this is just a oh, set in one well. room and nobody in it's interesting. <laughs> like <laughs> I love the kids in like these isolated settings, but when you're in the isolated setting and every single character in it is a dick or they don't speak. Like, and I get it, because, like, Friday the 13th is the same thing. Yeah, you it's kids you in a building. took it out of my mind. I was going to yeah, say, these are the kind building. of, like, things you like. Not not dickhead kids, but films but the, where but it's they more have just Jason, killing. And, and you sit there and you go, get them, Jason, because they're all fucking idiots. <laughs> get them, Jason. Get them, Mark. But in this, I'm like, these stupid, like... I think the thing this had to get right more than anything else, is the animatronics, didn't it? That was the thing it was selling itself on. Not even selling itself on Cage. And by the time you've seen the film, it's definitely not selling itself on Cage because he doesn't speak, like we said. But I think the thing it's selling itself on is you look at a picture of those... Do it now if you need to, mate, if you haven't seen them before. You look at a picture of those Five Nights at Freddy's fucking animatronics. They are inherently ten times creepier than this shit. I'm, I'm just going to get up on the screen as well. and That's what it's based on. And that game, even I know it's I like recognised a bear. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't like comparing games and films on this because they're obviously different mediums. But you look at those; they are inherently more creepy, aren't they? Better they design. Scroll through. Uh, yes, they look less like humans as well. Um, in suits. Uh, That's what I, mean, well, I, I recognise well, a lot the thing of these. Five Nights at as well. It's like they stuffed the dead bodies of the children in the animatronics, but then once they died, their spirits. Like carried on in, inside them, but thing, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what it was about those animatronics. Anyway, like I said, I feel like I've got a bit of a vendetta against them, but they just weren't for me. And none of the none of the child characters were any good, were they? Like they were all naff. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And that, and that, What's that's another film I was thinking of? It's Summer of '84. Did you see that one, mate? I did see that film. Yes. How great are all the kids in that? Because I'm not going to compare it to Stranger Things because we've got like one you haven't seen that, and two that's two three seasons of character development whereas summer of 84 has got this little bit of time with these kids right imagine those kids from that film in summer of 84 and put them in this film and you've instantly bumped it up loads for me if you've just got a group of likable people and not these like dickhead teenagers that are in it that's just what i that's what i kind of funny that i like this film because when we talk about horror films i don't always like the films where you don't give a crap about the the victims yeah. and I like and I most I like horror films. You said you know, that a lot about the Friday Thirteenth films, and that's it, yeah. it. Yeah, and that's when I was watching this. I was like, "Oh, Ant's going to love this because not because you like faceless, disposable kids being killed, but because it was the vibe of it. It was just like you know, people just getting offed, and you got one guy just slapping yeah. them down. Um, but I can see well, why it wouldn't like it because there is nothing for what it. What Friday the Thirteenth has over this is they have interesting, uh, interesting kills. They have interesting settings. They have like interesting moments, even though the characters themselves aren't interesting. You get like scenes where I don't know two like a couple's having sex and they get snapped in half by a like a bed or something. Like there's it's just stuff like this memorable too. shit like that. If you know what I mean, there's memorable lines that are really cheesy and quotable, and this doesn't have any quotable lines. That's why I was thinking you always get that kind of crap in these, don't you? But I don't yeah, know. Well, mate. This, I, I, this, I, I, this I doesn't have that. 
No, I feel bad, like I said, just shitting on it, but it's just not for me at all. And it's very much up my alley. <laughs> you shouldn't feel bad, mate. It is what it is. If you don't like it, there's no point lying and saying, oh, it's really good if it's not. Yeah. Um, one of the characters is called Siren, which is fun. Uh, <laughs> That's think favorite of other favourite What an absolute siren. Um, yeah, there's not anything else to say about the film other than don't go in expecting story. Just go in expecting Nick Cage to fuck up some animatronics and with uh, and there are some annoying like overly sexualized kids in it, and that is it. Yes, yeah, that's kind of weird as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I was just like uh, uh, that's weird. Like one of the girls in particular, I knew they were going to make a thing out of it, and they did. I was like, come on, dude, come on. He's like, he's like, he's like the the animatronics looking, and the kid says, oh yeah, let's just put on a show for him then. And then well, it's before that on. as well, when um when when when, when for some reason he had to, he just has a walk up the ladder. I mean, that scene yes. where she walked. I was like, "What is that scene actually in the film?" That's these, what I was thinking. This, these lot in this, it, it shouldn't have been teenagers, though. For me, it should have been kids, like ki- actual kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, summer of '84, Stranger Things, uh, Gremlins, like, yeah. or have kids and adults. Like, I, I don't know. I just yeah. Well, it's like the thing about like the the It film, Stephen King It films. The it's, kids yes, are always yes, better, yes. aren't they? It's always better with the kids because there's a tangible. I, I, I really, I don't know about you, mate. I really love that. It film that came out the, the first one. I love the, the first the one. Two. The second one, I was so second, so disappointed by. Yeah, the second one's pap. It's like they didn't know what tone they were going for, and that is similar to this, where it's like, oh, let's just get into it too for a second, mate, on a random tangent. God, the second one is proper willy, isn't it? It's, just it's proper crap, and it's what is it? Two hours forty five minutes. It's long. never, ever, 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 ever should a horror film be that long. If it is going to be that long, it's got to be something like psychological horror kind of thing at like least let's or... not direct it oh god <laughs> but if it's a jump scare horror thing like this is like mm-hmm. you can't have that be like two hours 45 minutes because by that point you're like oh god how many it times was, you scare the audience it a similar path to Avengers Endgame which is obviously an infinitely better film but where Endgame had characters going back and retreading the same things that you've already seen yes. uh, because I had to uh, it was basically a similar thing. Was it was here's one character going to do something, then here's the next character having to do something. It was like a video game, something. wasn't it? It was like yeah. playing through different character scenarios. And they all video. had to face their fear. But it was you knew after the second one, it's like, oh, we're going to do this for all of them, aren't we? And it was. They literally just went, here's your go, Mike. That's here's your go. And, and ben. you know what? It's gutting as well. Is that some of the little moments within the things they do are genuinely creepy. I think the one in the kitchen with the old lady was really well done. That's great. The but it's followed by the kid going to the kid. pharmacy and the fucking, like, what, what's it called playing over him while he's getting thrown up on? And you're like, what, oh, are, what uh, are we doing? Angel of the Morning's playing, isn't it? Yeah, like, what are we yeah. doing? What's the tone? Like, what Just are we doing? Stupid. And that song's been ruined for me now because they put it in, They put, it's been in a few films. I think we mentioned before, like, it must be some sort of, like, licensed thing where it's free yeah. usage. But sometimes, like, Deadpool, it worked in it, it didn't. But the, the scene under the bleachers where Pennywise eats the kid, or the one in in the in the mirrors where he eats the kid, is great because it's there is real moments in it too that are really good, which is what makes it. The, I think the scene at the start at the dinner table is really good oh, as well. Oh, in the where Chinese, all, where the, where the, yeah, where they reuniting and then shit's going weird. Like obviously, that's just a bunch of great right. actors sat in a room, isn't it? Together, so it's always no, good. just riffing as well. The scene yeah. at the beginning is great, where um, not because of what happens, but because it's, it's directly from the book. You've got the you've got the gay couple. Oh, the gay couple on the bridge that was brilliant. Thrown into the river, and then mm. they see Pennywise, and then obviously Pennywise is there, just like waving, like beckoning them. That scene is a, what a way, what a way to start again. That's that's directly taken from the book, and it sets you up for what you think is going to be a. Jesus, this, this, this might be quite nasty, actually, quite yeah, a I was yeah. really optimistic from the trailers and stuff, and then when I started watching it, 
it again, like you say, it really hits well off the off the off the bat, and then it just gets like longer and longer in the tooth, and it gets less and less inspired. Really and scary. I think it's Ben, the handsome one. He's in like a cabin. He's getting covered in mud, and then uh, Jessica Chastain's cabin. She's in a toilet cubicle, getting covered in blood, and then they reach their hands out, and from different places yeah. they connect. And I was like, "Fuck off." Just, just get yeah. out of it. But the thing is, as well, it's an exact remake of the first film as well. Like beat for beat, what happens is it's just. Well, what do we do? How do we extend? Well, we just make the same film again. Yep, and it was Even the like, ending as well. It was like, what do they do with the ending? Do they have the big spider thing? How do they make the ending scary? Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Anyway, let's, let's do an episode one day. The old, the, the mini series, like yeah, the, the films, yeah, the old ones as well. Yeah, have you read old the books, ones? mate? No, I haven't. Uh, I have. I want it took to, me though. about a year. But I, I was going to say it. it's the fattest tome around, isn't it? So I'll have to put some time aside, but I will read it. God, it's definitely it is well. It's a f- brilliant book. It really again, it's do, got do some you, of. Just out of interest, do you read much still today? Because um, I stopped for ages. Uh, I'd like to read more. Yeah, but- exactly. Like it's hard to keep up with. A, I, I'm already spread really thin with like trying to keep up with movies, video games, and like everything else. Yep, same here, man. And That's then I'm trying to read books, but like I've I've recently rekindled Balfour. I've got a bunch of like I've got a bunch of new stuff that I wanted to start reading through. I got um, yeah, physical or Kindle. Oh, physical. Physical. Okay, good man, good man. Gotta have a book in your hand. Well, it's, it's, that's, that's it, mate. I, I get like, worked up about it. I sit here and I sit here and even thinking, oh, I, I want to watch this film, but I also wouldn't mind yeah. reading this book. Or, oh, but I, I should really watch this TV series that people are telling me to watch. Yeah. TV series, obviously. My brain, goes like that. My brain in, in, in the order of things, is like, right, I've got to watch these films for NPM. Not got to, like, obviously, we always pick good films. It's always fun. Got to watch these films for NPM, but that's, that's on a time limit, obviously. So they, they got to get done. There's these other bunch of films that I've got on a watch list that everybody else has told me to watch. Right. Then I've got another bunch of films that I want to watch, which go I've just back not to got rewatch as well. Yeah. Go back to rewatch. Well, I very rarely do that because I've always, I've always got this long ever growing list of shit that I want to check out from directors or like different genre stuff. I've never checked out and whatever else. Then I'm like, right, well, I've got to do this game. I want to play this game. Should I stream it? I haven't streamed in a while. Is it worth streaming? Well, I don't know. I've got this book I want to read. <laughs> and it just goes on and on. And then I end up sitting for an hour and not doing any of them, scrolling on my phone for a bit, and they're going, oh, fucking hell, I've got to go to bed now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I see it, mate. And I, because I, I, you are like me, and I am like you, and that's why it works. I don't like being idle. I like, I, I've got to do no, something. No. I have to do something. So if I'm Beth, sitting there, Beth looks at me backwards for that. He's like, I'm, I'm always like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, you don't have to do anything. I'm like, no, I do. No, I, do. I, like, I really do. I've got to be like, watching something, reading let something. Let me fire up Photoshop or something. I put Photoshop yeah. on. I probably got to do a graphic or, um, let me, let me put YouTube on and I'll find something on there. But at yeah. the same time, let me, uh, let me watch these films or come up and with I, ideas. for. I something. even do it. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible, terrible, like just, just absolute young person in the sense that <laughs> if I'm like doing anything, it's got to be a podcast on. If I'm tidying up, there's a podcast on. If I, if I'm, if I'm doing something, sometimes there's a podcast on and I'm playing a game. Like I, I'm one thing I don't do, man. What you don't, you don't have them on. I just don't listen to, but I don't usually, I've said this before. I don't really listen to too many podcasts. Certainly not the whole way through. Yeah. Well, I need I, to YouTube videos. Maybe in the background is more what I mean, to be fair. Yeah. I just listen to them as opposed to watching them. So I guess it's more a podcast, but yeah, like red light media stuff. I've always got that on in the background or whatever. And, um, RKG, we've been watching a bunch of that, and yeah, what are we talking about, mate? This is a tangent. Willy's Wonderland, shit. Colour Out of Space, is good. Yep. Mandy's a masterpiece, but not for Matt. So you're going Mandy, Spike, Colour Out of Space, and Willy, and I'm going to go 
for pretty much the same. I'm just going to switch. I'm going to go color out of space, Mandy, and then Willie because whatever. Even though Willie was a great was great fun, but Mandy was a better film. I wish I had fun with Willie. Yeah, Mandy was a better film overall. Like, well, that, that is, that is the, the, the beauty of doing this, mate. Is that you are a you are a knowledgeable film boy, as as everybody knows. But you, you're also pretty level headed with this stuff, where you can sit and go right. I understand why this is a good film. And I understand why people think it's like a masterpiece, but it's definitely not for me. And then, obviously, with Willy's Wonderland, you can sit and go, right, and I can perfectly understand why you wanted to kill yourself while watching this, but I had fun with it. <laughs> I just overlooked everything. I was like, let's just watch him just go ham. And, and because it's it was only like an hour and 25 minutes, that. Some, sometimes it's like the mood you're in, but... I was in a fine mood last night. Like I, I, I was in a, I was in a mood to watch it. I just rented it. We just sat down. We got some food. We got some drinks. And well, that's the other thing as well. Yeah, it was on. It was on this like chili thing, chili streaming site, which we'd never heard of until we. Well, it was on we Google Play in the end. Oh, was it? Because I got mine on Chili for like yeah, how well, much it was? A couple of quid. Oh my! Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Mine was six yeah. quid. So yeah, ooh, six quid. But I didn't pay annoyed. that much. Yeah, I didn't pay six quid. I paid. I think I did pay three. Six quid just for a rental as well. That's bad. I'd expect a bloody film for that. I know it's really like entitled, but six no, quid. No, no, no. But I, ju- I, I bought Color Out of Space and Mandy, and they were the price that. Um, the, the, the price it costs to buy those was the price it costs to rent Willy's Wonderland. Do you buy? Did you? I know they do that because it's just come out, hasn't it? Yeah, saying, that's right? it. It's, it's because it's because they know people will want to watch it. They bump the price yeah. up. But did you yeah. get the DVD and Blu-ray of the other two films, or did you digital? Uh, just digital for them, yeah, because I needed to. I, I left it late. I obviously had to do them yesterday. So it's a good thing about doing these kind of shows, isn't it? Is that the collection builds and builds, digital, physical. It's great, isn't it? I know, yeah, but I'm getting. I don't know about you. Another tangent's about to start, ladies and gents. So be Here ready. What, what are you doing with like your digital and like physical stuff? Because I'm like, I've got. What I said I'd do is I was like, right, I'm just going to buy my favourite movies of all time on Blu-ray, right? But then randomly I'd be in the supermarket like, oh, I haven't seen that yet, I'll buy it. And then if I didn't end up liking it, I'd be like, oh, now that's in the fucking collection though. (laughs) So Um, I'm going to have to take them all to CEX or some shit because I've got this growing digital collection of movies where I'm like, oh, I can't find the Blu-ray or I can't get it in time. That's exactly it, mate. Sometimes I've you also got this blu- Yeah, I've also got this Blu-ray collection. So I, both are growing, but I would like to... What we're doing is... Now, I can't reveal this, but we're watching a set of films yeah. <laughs> and uh, leading up to a big episode that we're going to do at some point, and I'm buying those as we go on Blu-ray. So, yeah. Yeah. That's I, fun, because we've got more time for that one as well. It depends on the film as well, mate. If if I can get... Let's just say... Let's say I wanted... In an ideal world, I wanted to buy Woolies Wonderland, Okay. If I went online and, and Amazon had it for thirteen quid, or I could yeah. uh, for the Blu-ray, or I could get it digitally for five, yeah. I don't care. I, I'm going digital. I do prefer right, yeah. the physical release just so because it, it looks great in the collection. But I'm also yeah. if I can get it, if I don't necessarily need I, I it, I do envy I these dudes have these like massive film collection stuff. But I've got a massive book collection, and I've got and games, and I've got figures. Yeah, and yeah. I've got like memorabilia just in general, like pictures and. Just looking around me, I've got all sorts Talk of shit. Of himself. No, I don't have those. I'll yeah, give you those. You. Thanks, mate. Um, Thank you. We'll get that. We'll sort that off there. But yeah, I've just got all this stuff, and like, I do envy the people who have the big Blu-ray collections of like everything they ever see. But I think the idea for me is that I do eventually just one day I want like maybe like a director's set of films. Like I'll get like all the I don't know the Spielberg films, the Carpenter films, the bloody whatever the Eggers films. Box sets as well, mate. As well, can't you? Yeah, but 
I think I, what I will do is I will go through, like I've got all the Universal Monster films on Blu-ray. Well, at least the, not all the sequels, but I've got like Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, or like all that yeah, stuff. Main titles, yeah. Yeah, um, I like having those, obviously, like, but th- there's random stuff that I've just bought over the years, which is like, I've got like the Star Trek trilogy, you know, like the new one. <laughs> that doesn't need to be in my top thingy, but at the time, it was just cheaper to buy them on Blu-ray while I was out and about. I do like those films, but, like, they're not breaking into any favourable time list for me. I've got a ton of DVDs in the loft here where I live and back home as well. Um, I've got a lot uh, back home in uh, my mum and dad's Read through a, a, I've a got few a while, just go for a peek. Oh, we'll do, mate. I've got a load up in the loft up there and I've got a load here. My collection compared to most is looks little, but only because where I am at the minute, I can't only fit in um, a finite amount. I would love to have one of those walls where it's just like a wall of Blu-rays and DVDs, but then my OCD gets a better of me because I've got Blu-rays and I've got DVDs because um, for the longest time I didn't have a... I didn't have a vessel which to play my Blu-rays on, have now, so I'd buy everything on DVD. So now I'd be like, oh, crap, what do I do? Keep the DVDs and the Blu-rays? Stick, Get rid of the DVDs and rebuy them on Blu-ray? Seems like a waste of money to me. Um, so there's that kind of thing I've got to wrestle with in my mind. But I, I would prefer to have them all on physical, just because, I don't know, there's something about holding it in your hand, and it's the same as like the whole vinyl thing. I know it's not the same, and covers aren't as good as they used to be, but it's like you can have a digital version of a song, or you can hold the vinyl or the CD. You can have the digital version of the film, and you've got it forever, and it takes up no physical space. Or you could have the physical one, and it looks great in your collection, and you can just like give it, you can take it out of your collection. And I was just saying, mate, that I... I, I love the digital thing, but something about having a physical one for me, mate, yes. um, worked. But I was also just ranting because for the, I said for the longest time, I didn't have a Blu-ray player. So I bought everything on DVD and now my collection would be, is a, is a uh, smorgasbord, a mix up of DVDs and Blu-rays. Whereas, oh, yeah. So do I, do I get rid of the DVDs and rebuy the Blu-ray so it looks uniform or just go and for it? The, the next thing on that that pisses you off is right. I've gone from DVD to Blu-ray. Oh, now everything's in 4k. And exactly, and then there's different someday, editions do you think, as well. Do you think they'll just stop putting out Blu-ray at some point, the same way they did DVD, and then just start putting out 4K Blu-ray? Because that's annoying. I, I mean, I wonder when it, how long it would take for them to just stop entirely. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll do it anytime soon. But well, that's one, one day, of the things that I've considered. Um, I've got a few blue, uh, a, a bunch of Blu-rays anyway. Like again, I bought like a lot of my favorite films over the years. Yeah. Um, I've got a bunch of random DVDs because there are a lot of films that you just can't get on Blu-ray. So like, there was a bunch of, we a lot cheaper for. as well. Yeah. We were looking for stuff on episodes for this and I, I was like, um, Oh, I need a true lies. Couldn't get true lies on Blu-ray. You can't rent it anywhere. I had to watch the DVD. Like, uh, there's a bunch of the turtle stuff that we watched for our turtles episode. I had to get on DVD. Um, what else have I got down there? I've got a bunch of different copies of Akira and Ghost in the Shell on DVD. But the thing is, the other thing I've got quite a few of is I've got a bunch of VHS. Um, I don't know if you do this, mate, but I fucking love uh, just dipping around the charity shops. I do when, when I've got a few quid in my pocket. Because yeah. uh, people say this about music, but you can get as well. You can get so many gems in oh, the charity yeah. shops, mate. So many great music. But there was this place, and they had like. Every single VHS in there was 10p. I got the original, um, not the not 
the original original special edition still, but the original, um, you know, the gold Star Wars trilogy yeah, box. I've the, still the, got the, that in my mum and dad's house. The one that farts when you open it. Just yeah, like that. <laughs> yes, it. Um, Darth Vader does a little blow off. Yeah, well, it's ten p. It was ten p for all three of those. Like, I got like a bunch of horror films, bunch of stuff, and that has always really appealed to me. Is like having a big VHS collection. I don't know why. I just like I like the I like the feel of like the box and like. Not the, just just saying, whilst you were having a, a little tinkle, that is that DVD and Blu-ray cases. Yeah, the covers look good, but it's the same as film, like uh, same as music, like CD, vinyl, and digital. There, there's there's a shift away from artwork now. It's more just about getting things out. Whereas the VHS, a lot of the artwork is like classic, classic artwork. Yeah, it doesn't always get replicated nowadays. It's I'd love to. I'd love to like some of the stuff. Isn't like imagine all the Friday the Thirteenth just all sat there on VHS on a shelf. All the Nightmare on Elm Street's like, oh, it'd look brilliant, man. It'd look so good. That's it, and it's that, and that's what I'd love to have is like that kind of aesthetic going on. But I also I follow, love the I follow a ton of um, VHS collectors on Instagram and stuff, and it's oh god, they look brilliant. Great. They look so oh, good. There's one account. Uh, forgive me, mate, if you're listening. If you are, you're awesome. Who who takes new films and makes VHS covers out of them? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you seen the ones that they make quality. the lights out of them? No. So the, the, these people like retroactively get the VHS tape and make a lamp out of it where the lights oh. come through the two clear things on the front. And there's one I was so close to buying it the other day. I still might buy it. I need to stop buying random shit. But there was a, a reanimator one with green lights like flashing out of it. And it looks amazing. Oh. Just a USB. You just plug a USB in the back of it, and it's yeah, reanimator. Just we're just about. Well, I certainly am. And, and, and as you are, the age of having a VHS. I grew up yes. on VHS. We're in a strange mm. thing, aren't we? Where we were the back end. Of, well, you you more me, but still, I'm in that zone where it's like I lived in an era where there was VHS and uh, cassette tapes and all this stuff. But I'm also right at the forefront of the internet age and everything. It's it's weird to be in both. Yeah, I remember when. Um, when all we had was VHS and the idea of, and when DVD came out, the players were about 400 quid. The DVDs were like 20, 25 pounds, if not more. It was, it was like only the, only the, only those with money could afford them. And eventually the price came down and I fucking I miss it, man. I miss, I miss going to global and blockbuster and all these places. I miss it so much. Hollow video and, and that, the smell of the place. Cause I mentioned my brother used to be, work in them. Yes. He loved yes. It. He did say it that. Favorite he? place yeah. to work. Even it, there is weird. something to be said about me being like on, on my ass in bed and like I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, I've got to watch that today. I just I just literally press three buttons on the thing and I've rented the film and it's there or I've bought it and it's there. And then it's there forever and it's on my phone. If I switch my oh, PS5 yeah. on, it's on my PS5 on I'm the YouTube. I'm never going to argue that. The, the huge, having them on YouTube and literally having access to them anywhere at any time, there's something to be said for that. But there's also something to be said, mate, for going into global for the third time in three weeks and renting Godzilla 98 and still thinking it's a good film. You know what I mean? Matthew Broderick coming at you. Mate, I'm never going to argue the fact that I can watch whatever I want at my fingertips. Never. Because it's the world we live in, mate. And I I freaking love the fact that we can, 99% of the time, even if you have to pay two, three quid, whatever, get any film in the world. Almost. We've, we have had that problem before, though, where some aren't available. But going to Blockbuster or Apollo back home and walking in, and the part of the fun was just like not knowing if, you, if the tape or cassette was going to be behind the VHS or not. You you never know. Like when you go online or on Amazon, Netflix, you know the films there. You know it's not going to be sold out or you've got to come back the next day. Yeah. You weren't sure if the film you wanted was actually going to be there. there's something magical about that. Yeah, there's something yeah. magical about going in and finding something new. Like I remember finding like films that I, I still watch this day and stuff like that where I was just like, I, when you're a kid – 
obviously I was even younger than you when I was doing this at Global and stuff. Um, I had no idea about what the modern film like talk was or anything. No magazines, no talk shows, no nothing. I would just go in and basically pick something based on the artwork, which obviously ties back to what you said a minute ago. Kids aren't doing that now. And like, even if they were, the artwork's not as good on some stuff. So no. Yeah. And it's just go in there and whilst you're there, I'll get some snacks whilst I'm here. Dog. I'll see what else is out there. The guy, there's always decent music playing. There's trailers playing. Here's the thing, just, mate. It was just great, man. This, this is, this is to show that we're not like hypocrites with this. I genuinely, if there was where I live in the town I live in, if there was a blockbuster that was still here, I would still go in and rent VHS. Oh, bro! If I could have the experience again, absolutely. Yeah. Because why do you think so many people around the world talk about like missing the blockbuster experience? Not even, not even just because it's the nostalgic part of it, but it's just having the tangible thing. It's going out, speak, potentially seeing people, which in this day and age is mental. But then at the same time, you can go and get your, I don't know, like seventy-five pound pack of Maltesers, grab a coke or a few beer skis whilst you're out there, and or if you're going with a few mates, get a few in. Do you know what I mean? Then that's the start of the night. Get a pizza in, get a beer in. It's the start of the. It's part of the evening. It's like we said about the theatre going experience. Part of the movie going experience is the drive there, meeting people mm. there, or if you're there by yourself, like checking, like, just enjoying the surroundings, the smell of the place, sitting down, the lights go down. It's part of the experience, which is what movies. You get the same at a gig, and movies can are one of the only mediums that can do that. Where yeah, movies, you, movies, are magic, aren't they, at the end of the day, like, and there are different things that can contribute to that. Where, like you said driving cinemas going just going to a normal cinema renting these vhs tapes walking around like being around like-minded people like all these things contribute to the the magic that is like films and filmmaking and all this stuff but here's the thing mate i put this question out on uh, the socials earlier um what what so the films i've been thinking about what what are a couple that you've been thinking about where you like god i hope i get to see this in cinema because just talking about all this and stuff and about horror and do, talking about like we did the halloween episode about like, i so hope we get to see halloween uh, kills in cinema halloween kills and i just definitely. can't see it's, it's not happening because it's not it's, it's too unless I mean, they delay it again maybe but oh, i, I want to be in a packed cinema and have everybody gasping like when when people are about to be killed and stuff like that i want that feeling again godzilla versus kong ideally because of the spectacle yes yes might end up being dog uh yes uh ghostbusters of course when is it ghostbusters in a cinema yeah. Yeah. Candyman as well i mentioned Candyman a lot I've Candyman, got yeah I want to watch that in the, in the cinema. That is a film which Classic could be World Dominion. That's got to yeah, be in oh, the yeah. cinema. Oh, the big films. Even if the Matrix or Matrix is going to be bollocks, it's a cinematic film. You've got to watch yeah. it in the cinema. Spider Man Three, Mission Impossible, the new uh, Mission Impossible, Dune, obviously. Um, to be honest, every film, but yeah. there are some. I mentioned like Candyman. It's fine to watch at home, isn't it? But yeah, like Candyman. If I had to. I would watch it at home. I want to watch it at the cinema, but I could watch it at home. Same as like The Conjuring 3. Not entirely excited about it, but that I could happily rent at home. I don't need to go to the cinema to watch that. Yeah. But Ghostbusters Afterlife, no, oh man, I want to go and watch that in the cinema. I want to yeah. feel the experience. It's just that. an energy, isn't it? The way you just like, yeah, even the people talking, the people rustling their fucking sweet bags, it's like, it's all worth putting up for, for the atmosphere. It's when the lights go down and you get the BBFC and there, there are, come up. There are people oh, who mate. are done with that. There are people who are literally saying, no, Cinemas are dead. Let them die. Let's just all watch everything at home. But like, I'll, fair dues, but fair dues because again, it is so much more convenient. Do you think there's a chance with this, mate? Where because obviously we've got all the COVID stuff, we can't like not consider that. 
the worst place you can be in for COVID is a closed, like, small space <laughs> next yeah. to people, which is the cinema. Yeah, <laughs> They're not going to redesign all the cinemas. What do you think about, like, outdoor cinemas opening back up? Because I am absolutely all for it. Oh, mate, I love um, – I know they do it around the country, but here in Essex during the summer in the country parks, they, they erect a big old cinema screen and they'll play some of the classics, like they'll play Grease, Back to the Future, or they'll play Star Wars, some of the new ones, or they'll play La La Land. And it's great. You put a blanket down, you bring your own beers or whatever you want, and you watch a film in the summer heat, it's summer night. It's be- brilliant. Drive-ins, I mean, they, they could easily make money out of this now. It's Yeah, I think that's the way they not- bring this back. You sit in your own space, like either just next to your car or in your car or whatever, um, yeah. it's a great yeah. way to keep everybody like, out in the open like air it. it's a great way to have everybody sit eating their own stuff without having to go to like a thing and buy everything and all be stood next to each other buying hot dogs and that you can just all sit together it's yeah I like the idea of it it's just whether or not it would it would catch on or not because obviously we're so for most people certainly in England are so used to um, shit weather so used to shit weather but also just going inside to watch films I like the idea of it it's obviously just during the winter as well how many people are going to go out during the winter and watch a film oh no 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 you do, it'd just have to be a like a summerish thing wouldn't it or like at least when it's just good weather oh no yeah I'm all for that mate but again I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with fit, fit theatres whether the studios buy them up or looks like Reddit has saved AMC so Christ knows I just hope they open up soon but listen I'm not a COVID denier I ain't stepping foot in the cinema until it's safe to do it so no. you know, as much as I love the last time I went I think I put myself through it me and Beth went and there was like two other people in the cinema that's the only reason we went and we went to see Empire Strikes Back there was just a re-showing of it nice but um we just sort of said like if there's nobody in the cinema we'll go because you sat far enough away it's like it's just the same as going to the supermarket isn't it I guess but like if there's people in there not a fucking chance am I when it when like Tenet was coming back out and people go I was like there's not a chance I'm going in a full cinema not a so you could have just stopped there there's not a chance I'm going you could have stopped there yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah until, until it's safe enough to do so I'm not putting myself at risk for anybody for any film I don't care if William Friedkin uh, gives us the real sequel to The Exorcist. <laughs> I ain't going to watch it in a cinema at the minute. I value too much. Um, but who knows what's happening. Guys, what's happening with fit cinemas out there? Let us know because I'd want to know your thoughts. But uh, before we move on there, mate, we did ask on the socials to people, out of the, out of the Cage trilogy, the, the ones we've just spoken about, which were their favourites. And we've got a couple of comments in. Our boy, Mad Love Movies. He said, James Clements, my dude. He's a king, Mandy. And this is a theme, isn't it, mate, of Mandy seem to be Yeah, people one. like that Mandy film, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Was it uh, Just a Lame Joke You? Mandy is visually stunning. Colour Out of Space is a very fun movie of an 80s Cronenberg film. And Willy's Wonderland was a super fun ride. Here you go, Ant. How can anyone not enjoy that movie? It's a mystery. It's just a straight mystery. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. Uh, Vivian Viriadiana. Mandy, lots of hearts and fire. Artez P, Mandy, hearts and fire. Kirkland's books, colour out of space with a fire. So colour out of space got a bit of love. Mandy was seems to be everybody's favourite. Um, is that a tool? It doesn't surprise me, but I, I thought colour out of space might get a little bit more love. It did get mentioned, but Mandy yeah. was really the people's favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mandy's been out the longest. I think that's another thing, isn't it? Um, that's a good point. Obviously got a lot more people seeing it, but yeah, it's nice to see some Mandy love because... Again, there is a lot of people on your page, mate, where people thought it was just like not anything worth talking about. But yeah, it's good to see that some people love it. Um, 
yeah, one of my favourites of the last decade. I know he's, I've said that a lot. Well, I haven't really. I've said it three times, haven't I? But yeah, no, <laughs> three, can... three of one of three favourite films of the last decade in um, Mandy, The Witch, The Lighthouse. In the last three episodes, we've covered. Potentially. I'm trying to think what else? What else are some of my favourite films of the last day? Upgrade. I really liked Upgrade and uh, Upgrade. Um, Drive's going to go in there for me. Drive, yes, absolutely. Let me look on my list. I've got my letterbox list, which is still private at the minute because it's not final. Oh, I need to update mine as well because I've got a few that definitely need to go in now. But right, so you last... thought of some more? We like shit. Yes. There go. In the last few episodes, we've done a two Eggers film, which are in your top fifty. The Mist as well, plus Mandy now, and obviously Willie's Wonderland will find a way in. Here we go. These are these are just some that are on my list, but uh, well, these are the ones from the last decade: Drive, Under the Skin, The Witch, The Black Coat's Daughter, Annihilation, Mandy, and The Lighthouse. The Black the Under the Skin is what it has. I think I don't know. About, I think that's the one I need to put in mind because I'm always raving about that film, but missed it out of my top fifty. It's great. Yeah, it's I brilliant. love that film. I think that film is one of the best, definitely one of the best of the decade, easily. Um, I'm yeah. trying to see what I've got in mind, which is. Um, Let's have a little looky in mine because mine has got a few from the last decade. Because we look, it's interesting because your your decade uh, rundown was quite exciting. So, oh yeah, I've got like twenty from the eighties. I'm not sorry either. So, what have <laughs> I got from the last decade? So, I have got uh, knives out. I'm, oh, well, mine are in decade order. Oh, sure, I've got loads. I've got um, Drive, Looper, Patterson, La La Land, First Reformed, Blade Runner twenty forty nine snuck in. Ghost Stories, Blind Spotting. Oh, shit, Can yeah, ever, 2049, yeah. Can You Ever Forgive Me, Baby Teeth and Knives Out all made it into my top 50 from the last decade, but I've got a few more on this, but like, Under the Skin's got to get in there. That might knock out Blade Runner, I don't know. Oh, well, the only reason I haven't got 2049 is because I've got the original in, and I just didn't, we, we said with our list, didn't we, we don't have sequels, so otherwise that would easily be in. That's right, yeah, I guess I prefer to see sequel over the original, um, but now I'm thinking I've got a few films which may knock out. I don't know if it will or not, but it, I might have to put mine on private as well, actually. I've just put mine on private so I can make some additions to it, but we will get it there soon for you. Yeah, mine's going to be like a, another while because um, we're watching a bunch of films where I need to check that these are in or not. We've got quite a few films to watch, haven't we? But well, speaking of which, mate, uh, since the last episode, mate, what have you been up to? We've been watching, we've been indulging in, my friend. Um, I forgot to write it all down this time, so it's going to have to just come straight out of the noggin. And you might have, even have to help me. Uh, did I mention that I'd finished Shakira on the last episode, or was I still just playing it? I think I was still just playing it. You were just playing it, right? Um, so I finished it anyway, and I did do a Souls ranking. I said I was going to do this on the last episode. I think you were going for a P because we both have terrible bladders. But you'd gone for a P last episode, and I said I was going to rank them. So, so in order of best to worst. Or should we do worst to best, Matt? Worst to best, mate. So we've got Dark Souls 2 being the worst. I've never finished that one. I've played a ton of it. It's, it was the reason that I'd not played the Souls games, basically, up until this point, because that one was cack. Uh, it's not cack. It's just like, it's nowhere near the level of the others. So, yeah, I I'd played that one a while back. Um, and, yeah, I've not finished that one. It's not that good. Next up is Demon Souls. Uh don't some people like to differentiate like the original to the new one, but it's just a graphical upgrade more or less with a few tiny changes. So Demon's Souls is next up again. This is where like it's the, the big drop off from Demon's Souls to Dark Souls. Because I think Demon's Souls is a great game. It's just the stuff above it's even better. So above that, you've got then Dark Souls three, uh, which again was a great game. Um, next up above that, 
is Sekiro. Sekiro is above Demon Souls and Dark Souls Three, which is bonkers. That I, Here we go. Yeah, I didn't think something could be better than those, but Sekiro was another one like the first Dark Souls, where I was getting pissed off with it along the way because it's really difficult. <laughs> but then it, there's just a payoff, mate. I just and the setting is incredibly Japanese setting. You've got like this different combat system. It revamps a lot of stuff and just like gets rid of a lot of stuff from the other games. Not stuff that doesn't work. It's just to make it different and. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an incredible game. The story's great. Playing as a named character, playing as Sekiro himself and going through his story um, as opposed to just like a character that doesn't talk in a, in, a, in a world that's what's interesting about it in like Dark Souls and stuff. But this is different. It's a, it's a story. So the other games have a story, but you know what I mean. This is a named yeah. character in the story. Next up, uh, Dark Souls, the original Dark Souls. Absolute masterpiece in level design and character design and law and world building and combat and just every single superlative you can imagine and then above that is the greatest game ever made bloodborne i don't really need i don't need to say anything else about bloodborne do i I think i've spoke about that game enough but bloodborne setting uh is absolutely me to a t Uh, it's incredible um I won't stay on this too long because I've got another couple of things I want to talk about. But yeah, that's uh, that's my Souls ranking. I don't think that'll change. That's pretty locked in. The only ones that are really close, like where it could really, really like make a thing, is like Sekiro and Dark Souls Three are very, very close to being level sort of thing. But Sekiro just edges it for me because I think Dark Souls, obviously being the original game, is better than Dark Souls Three. And then with a sequel, it's always going to be a bit harder to match that when the original's not if the original was like oh it's good but it could be better that's what demon souls was but then dark souls was the absolute like just perfect um amalgamation of every idea that was in demon souls and then dark souls 3 does continue that but it doesn't really build on it too much whereas sekiro is then a new thing so that's why it's above it uh the other things that i started playing a game called the sinking city which is based in 1920s basically hp lovecraft land where all these stories I think exist. I, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked into it, so I'm just learning as we go. But Matt was watching me play the other night, and we found a, a poster that said uh, the Mountains of Madness, which is one of his stories. We've got the Innsmouth people, the fish people from the from the town. Basically, an entire city is sinking, believe it or not. <laughs> and I think Cthulhu might be in there from some random shit that I saw once, but um, I don't want to spoil it for myself. But it looks like it's taken up a lot of different elements of Lovecraft stories in an open-world game where... There's just some amazing, amazing level design stuff where you have to figure out your way to go places yourself. I've written a little thing on it on um, Instagram if you want to go check that out. Uh, that's more in-depth details there, so there's no point repeating all that on here. And I also watched Juon Origins, the TV show. <laughs> fucked up, man. It's really fucked up. And going to hot take it here, Matt. I think it might be better than the movies. Wow. Well, that, um, that's... I really like the original movie, but like... That show is fucking out there, isn't it? It's grim. Oh, the stud, he sent me a message and he said, oh, did you know there was a, a TV series about the ring? And I said, oh, yeah, what, a show called Origins. And I don't know if Ant was more Rush, flawed yeah, by the, the fact that yeah. I'd actually fucking seen it or not, but I have actually seen this one because I'd heard about it online, people saying it was a bit messed up. And I thought, like Ant, I really dug Juon, really loved. Yes. And I also liked the remake. The, the first remake was pretty damn good. Yeah, the I one like, with Buffy in it. Yeah, there, there wasn't there were there on that many episodes. I was like, I'll check it out, and it's messed up. And as soon as Ant said he was going to watch it, and he said, "Is it worth a watch?" I was like, "Yeah, check it out, man, and tell him what you thought about it, man." Yeah, um, we've just had some news as well, Matt. Live on air, the uh, the Mortal Kombat trailers just come out, so we're going to have to check that out. Oh yeah, I knew it was coming because they've just been dropping the posters, haven't they? Mm, yeah, 
well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll see how that goes. Anyway, um, yes. What were we saying? Yeah, the grudge. Uh, really good. That Juwan, show was yeah, really good. Due on. Um, Mad. Really, really grim though. If you, if you, it's not for the faint-hearted. There's literally a scene in it where just slight spoilers, but as a woman goes to kill her husband and doesn't succeed, he then slits her throat and cuts a premature baby out of her stomach, mm-hmm. and then that baby crawls into his mouth and kills him. Mm, yes. Good laugh, it's isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, really, it's really, really, really grim, but basically the thing of the show is it's not really that connected to what's going on in the movies. They do sell it as a prequel, but it's like more a prequel in the sense of like, right, here's how we end up where things are so fucked up in that house. It's not like, here's what happened to the characters prior to the movie. Like, cause those characters obviously can't know what's happening in the movie. Of course. So you can't really reveal anything about them, but it's basically a whole thing about the cycle of violence, isn't it mate? Like about how families are destined to do these horrible things and, where where these things happen, there's a bad energy, and it stays through generations, yep. no matter what. And you can't permeates it, yeah, yeah. You can't do anything, and like it will keep pulling people into this place. And no matter what happens, those bad stuff will happen in this, yeah, this place that has bad energy, bad vibes because of awful things that have happened. And you get to see multiple generations of things and what went down. And there's like a non-linear timeline in there, isn't there? In the house where shit can happen in the future that people can see in the past and it's it's really good it's really interesting give it a watch what about you I, mate? That's, I recommend that's it as well because it, it, everything out there said because it's mental and it's actually pretty good um I have only watched a few things mate originally we were going to do an episode we we're going to do in a few weeks time so I watched Alien vs Predator over the weekend because <laughs> um, it was on Sky Cinema keep the notes <laughs> That's it. It's, it's on there. So I've got the I, I, I got the notes, and it wasn't. Too, like, I just started watching it, and it. This is like literal as well. I, I, it was. We just started watching it, and then we decided, oh, let's do this to, to today's episode instead. But I thought, well, fuck it, I'm gonna keep, I'll keep watching this. It's on now. We just um, decided to be topical one time, didn't we? That's it. I thought I'll watch it. It's on, and so I'll save everything I think about that for that. If we do that surprise episode, um, I watched the Nice Guys, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe oh. film. So good. Because, again, there's another film that I watched the first time, and I was like, nah, it's, it's not clicking for me. Every single time I've watched it since, I've, I've wanted to go back to old me and just kick me out of the ass because it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Like, Shlubby Russell Crowe, Darth Ryan Gosling, Margaret Qualley. It's just great, man. It's so funny. Brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I don't care how long it is. It's so funny. And um, I watched a film called Out of Africa, it's a 1985 film where we're doing it on movie astrology, me and JB. Uh, and that one, like, 10 Oscars that year. So I thought I'd sit down and watch it. It's about Jesus. two hours, 40 minutes long. Burke sent me a message saying this, this film is going to kill me. It's the most boring film I've ever seen. I thought, Oh no. <laughs> and he, honestly, he was literally is saying, do Angelo I-? secondo di Matteo. I think that might have been better, mate. Um, oh my God. Cause even he, he kept texting. I like, can I finish? Do I have to watch? I was like, we've got to do it. And I, I watched it. And I was like, this is fucking, and I love film. I was like, this is the most, but it's Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. Come on. And it's naff. Yeah. It's so naff, mate. Mm. It's not. It's not a bad film. So it goes, isn't it? Sometimes, boring. Like, the classics that are classics for a reason are the ones, obviously, that hold up and are great. Some of them were reviewed great at the time, but don't yep. pop up at all. No, that, it's not a like, bad like, film. Like it's really well done. It's just boring as shit. Boring, yeah. Um, so out of Africa, really well received, not by me or book. And if Ant watched it, Ant would probably end up stabbing me in the gut. For making yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't like those boring old cack films. No, and I've got I love me I love my classics, but not that one. And finally, um, 
what me and Anne always end up doing is we both watched One Division episode six, um, yes. and again I I'll get keep... lost because we record like the day before they come out. I get lost as to which one I just watched. Definitely episode six. Well, I'll keep mine short because in case we want to do anything about it. But uh, I enjoyed this one an awful lot. Again, I'm there watching it in the. I watched it Friday morning as I would do with Amando. I love what they're doing with obviously Wonder, but I love what they're doing with Vision and his story. Mm, it, oh, that was that. the one, wasn't it? He tried to escape, didn't he? That's it. Yeah, I mm, love what that was they're doing. Great with episode. Him. I love yeah, this episode. Just, yeah. just the visuals, man, and how it's all tying in. And I'm really digging it, man. But by the sounds of it, I think we'll have more to say on this episode when we watch the one that comes out tomorrow. As in the yeah, as in when episode seven comes out, we'll have more to say on six because it's, I think it's very much going to be a two-part thing, isn't it? That, that oh, the specific the, events, yeah. The last three, uh, seven, eight, and nine, the last three episodes are an hour long. Feige's confirmed. Oh, wow. That's so cool. what we wanted with Mando, but obviously it's only good if they're an hour, if they can fill that hour timeline. I'm sure they can. This yeah, story has got doubt a lot that. of places to go, hasn't it? So we've got three hours left of WandaVision, and I think that's great. I really like the fact that they've just been like, here you go, here's, here's 20, 20 minutes, 25, 30-minute little vignettes. Bash, three hours, there you go. I think it's great. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about WandaVision more in the future, but uh, other than that, mate, not an awful lot. Uh, obviously, fangirling over you, um, sort of it's half term here in the uk so just doing stuff with the nipper and it's been <laughs> yeah. snowing it's been raining it's been awful mm. but um and i've been eating crap food other than that mate i've uh, just got a five guys beth just got here with a five oh. guys and i no wonder no wonder he's texting me saying get off the fucking phone mate i gotta go and eat. <laughs> yeah, that isn't Not happening true. i've actually just checked my phone to make sure um but yeah i might i fucking love five guys i haven't had it in about five guys is the best in about a year and a half we now. haven't got one close so beth and her sister have just drove out like ages to go get what it so queens go. we've got one in lakeside about 20 20 minutes away but mm-hmm. again i don't even know it's open i haven't ventured out into like the like, zombie apocalypse out there but well in that case <laughs> then mate i've got you're gonna have to go and eat that burger my friend maybe npm it or something Oh yeah, I could do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll see what I can do. It. I might just launch it down my neck before I get just, a chance to get my phone. Might just in. actually eat it like a normal person. Well, in that case, and that's our Nicholas Cage uh, moving Cage Madness episode. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you th- what one of those three was your favourite Cage films. Um, did we get it horribly wrong, or did you agree with us? But that, as- <laughs> that aside, then, mate, before you eat your burger, where can the world find you on the internet? I'm at Anshot First on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Letterboxd, OnlyFans, <laughs> everywhere else. You can find me there. I thought it was only for me that was. Um, I'm what I watched tonight. Only What only mats? Uh, what I watched tonight across Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Uh, the OnlyFans banned me because nobody wanted to see it. Um, and if you want to find the show, just MP Madness Pod across all the socials, and you'll find us there. But Ant, before we go, what burger did you get? I've got a it's a double bacon cheeseburger, grilled onions, grilled mushrooms, oh. uh, the works. I, I get all the random shit that they ask you. Like, oh, which one of these do you want? All, please. Oh, yeah. Thank you. How much do you want in it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I don't like grilled mushrooms, but I'd eat it in that burger. But oh, in that case, go and enjoy your burger then, mate. Everybody, enjoy your week. Stay safe. Enjoy MP Madness. Keep sending us love online because we love it. Keep giving us good reviews. And uh, until next week, though, from me, see ya. And from Anne, peace.